Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm know sure what somebody's they call written it? that one. with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to a very special pre-conversation to superhero speak oh no see jd is running late oh no but he also has informed me he has yet to watch the first episode of Loki. <gasps> so, while we are waiting for him to get here, John and I will discuss Loki, and then once he gets here, we can stop talking about it. So, you saw it, right, John? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Watched Good. it three times. <laughs> uh, let me guess. Mephisto? Mephisto! It was Mephisto! He put it at the picture! It was a... Devil? It was... That's Mephisto! <laughs> Mephisto confirmed, damn it. I'm sorry for everybody's ears that I just blew out, but it's Mephisto. No. It's Mephisto, damn it. <laughs> just give us it this once. <laughs> no, no, no. But I have a theory. We'll get to that in a minute. It's really so, going to be nightmare, right? <laughs> oh, God. I hope they don't do that. So, first things first, what did you think of the episode? What did you think of the concept? Oh, it's everything I hoped for. I, I, yeah. I swear Marvel just cannot do any wrong right now. We'll see what happens when they hit the the iceberg that is the Eternals, but you know this just gives me hope that like there is literally, they they're just on point, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it it I will say it is kind of what we expected, but at the same time they subverted our expectations because you kind of thought each episode was going to be him writing a different wrong in a timeline, so. I thought the D.B. Cooper thing was going to be an entire episode, but no, it was just a flashback kind of gag thing in the in the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, you're right. Like a lot of, so, I mean, we still have a bunch of other scenes from the from the promos that we haven't oh, yeah. seen yet, but. Like President Loki. Yeah. However, that's going to pan out. That's yeah, right. Interesting. I, I'm kind of also wondering how many, how much of the stuff they've shown us is in like the first three or four episodes too as well, so. Well, they've had plenty of time. Like they, they've they finished production before this first one went out. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty sure they're all done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so of course, Tom Hiddleston is back. And God, he's brilliant. He yeah. is. He starts off being the 2012 Loki from Avengers, mm -hmm. and then, and then, of course, he's playing off of Owen Wilson as Mobius. Mobius. Mobius and Mobius, or. Yeah, Mobius and Mobius, agent of the Time Variant Authority. And in, originally in the TVA, they were all Mobius. Well, they were all clones. In the, in and the, yes, in the comic, they're all clones. They're, they're obviously not going with that storyline for the, the show. Thank God, because that would have been confusing on top of everything else. Well, they just didn't want to give Owen Wilson like 18 checks. 
What, what, what's her name? Maslavny, when she was doing Orphan Black, I'm sure they had that same problem with her. It's like the, the hours yeah. are just too much. That, that, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and that's the thing. Like, I wasn't so sure when I heard Owen Wilson was going to be the basically, you know, playing off of Hilson. He's like the straight man in the show. And I was like, but I don't know. I thought it really worked really well. What did you think? Did you like Owen Wilson in the show? I think Owen Wilson, I, I think that character, they've, they've got plans for that character and he's hiding. This is, it's going to be interesting. It's a bat, It's going to be a battle of wits. It's going to be oh, a yeah. game of chess, everything to see which one can take control of the board. And I think, I think, I mean, well, again, in the promos, you may, it sort of sounded like Loki knew of them already, but in this, we find out, no, he had no clue. And he's right. just, and he had that one moment where he's sitting there with the Tesseract in his hand, looking at going, this is useless. These people are way more powerful than the Infinity Stones. The hell's going on? Yes. Like he's, he's, his entire identity and and his view of the universe is being radically changed. And it's it's disconcerting. It's, it's what, oh, I forget the name of the author. There was a book called Culture Shock that describes this kind of thing where somebody going into another culture has this one moment where their entire worldview has to pivot. Uh, right. You know. Well, and that's that's the interesting too, thing too, right? Because when I after I first watched it, I'm like, so they took one episode to take Loki from the 2012 irredeemable, I am burdened with great purpose Loki who wants to take over the nine realms to the Loki who sacrifices himself in Endgame. And, oh yeah, uh, they broke him down really quick, didn't they? Or not in game Infinity War. Yeah, but did they? Like that's that's what I keep. Well, yeah, he's so, he's Loki, right? He could be exactly. Like, he could be playing everybody. Is he right? Exactly. Is he playing Mobius at the end there, or did he really like? Did he really have an, an epiphany? An epiphany, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's and so you're right. It's I think it's that's what's if they stick with that cat and mouse chess game thing throughout the show i think it'll be brilliant if you know if he's like a good guy all of a sudden yeah i think it'll get boring quickly yeah well yeah and i and again they won't do that i don't I, they're just they're too good at this we actually can rely on them to not do that right yeah I think by the so. way it, it was really nice to hear uh twilight sparkles voice in this show again oh miss minutes miss minutes tara is, strong is tara strong yes yeah Yes. So. One of the greatest voice actors of all freaking time. Maybe. Uh. You've, you, the, the thing is, you, you've you heard her do at least five voices. With, with the circles we run in, you've heard her do at least five voices, and you don't, and you, and you, you would never know. You would yeah, never be able to tell yeah. me. So, so you already talked about the Infinity Stones. And so that was one of the interesting things, right? Like, yeah, it kind of re rearranges our worldview of the MCU, right? Because he opens a drawer and we're looking down and there's like all these Infinity Stones. You're like, wow, they really Multi don't matter anymore. Holy shit. Right. Multiples <laughs> of Infinity Stones. Yeah. Which, you're using those paperweights. What the hell? Two things about that. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna, here's we're going to start getting into our like crazy conspiracy theories about the show. Mephisto. Uh, if, if, and I could be wrong, but I've looked at it a couple times and some of the stones are not the same shape and size. Like there's a couple different time stones, but one's like a little bigger than the others and one's a little misshapen. Well, usually the, even the colors are inconsistent between universes, right? That's right. That's what I remember. So, but that's like, and remember, we've talked about this before. We talked about this with 
WandaVision that they don't do anything on by accident. So I think what they're I think what they do with that is they're trying to sh- say like, hey, they these come from multiple different timelines and and different variants mm-hmm. or multiple universes. So that's why they're different. But the other thing about this, so I thought that was cool. But the other thing that it points to is the Infinity Stones aren't gone. Any if anyone can get to this TVA, they can grab. Well, yeah, but but well, yeah, but the Infinity Stones only work in the universe that they came from. So like they can't just take a couple of Infinity Stones and then run back to the main timeline MCU, right? Can they? No, they they can't because the the stones in the stones from that that universe are destroyed. And they, I mean, at some point they'll reconstitute. The space stone, I don't even see. I don't know. Like the, I don't so, even know if the 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 tesseract will will work if they brought it back because it comes from a timeline that's been destroyed now. That's and there, there in lies yeah. there in lies my what Loki says at his trial is in fact yes. my issue with the show. What that the the Avengers it's, it's are the, the Avengers that... who messed with time, not Loki. He just took an opportunity that presented himself. No, so, oh, I, 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 okay. I went through that thought process. Go ahead, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happens. And my issue is like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, if the Avengers didn't go back in time to steal those stones to bring to the future to stop Thanos, he would have never had the opportunity to escape. Mm-hmm. Thus, it is the Avengers' fault. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter, and I'll tell you why. Because the main timeline, the uh-huh. what, what do they call it, the pristine timeline, or what do they, they they keep using a word and I've, it's uh, completely that anyway, the main timeline, the one that uh-huh. they're protecting, is the one that ends with the creation of the timekeepers, and that's the only thing that matters. As long as the timeline continues down towards where the timekeepers are created, they're fine with whatever happens. That's from the comics, right. Right. They don't, they did not say that. I mean, and now, of course. But, but they keep saying this, you know, the pristine timeline, we must, you know, the, the main timeline, we, we got to protect it. It's like, yeah, but why is that the one that matters? There's, there's got to be a reason, right? Yeah. And I, I actually was watching another video that made an important point, and it's kind of bugging me. And it's the fact that they made a point in Endgame. Mm-hmm. to basically say you can't change the past. Right, because when, when you talking, go back and change the past that your past it's now your future. Your 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 past your past is your future, which means that the past that you're that you've traveled back to now has a new future ahead of it. Right. Right. Because you the the timeline branched off. Right. And also remember that the ancient one explains it's um, basically the same as Miss Minutes did. Right. That, But she was saying, like, by taking the, the Infinity Stones from their places in time, they created branches. Mm-hmm. And thus, well, that's why Captain America went back in time to put those back to restore it. However, based on that theory, he couldn't. No, they had they, they brought but, back but the Tesseract the they had, but not the one that they But I'm lost. saying just, just the fact that he went back and put things back mm-hmm. means he was creating branches by doing that. So it's no. all very confusing. Yes. No, 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 no. Because uh-huh. he brought he brought the te- he brought the the stones back to where they were and when they were when they were taken. So basically, it was like they 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 did this in the how it should have ended, right? They Hulk walks away with the 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 time stone from from the ancient one, and less than a second later, in walks uh 
in, in walks Captain America. Oh, here, here's here's the time swim back. Oh, that was quick. See, I mean, like they there's there's no blip. There's it there's a, a continuity, right? So no. so yeah, so they so that they there was no because never... that's not the same time stone because you've now changed it. So there's still a branch created. No, at that no, moment. that that time stone still belong still belongs to that timeline though. You've brought back the same no. time stone. Oh, see, I think they violate their own. I, I honestly, the more I think about it, they violated their own rules, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's also like, and the, and they were talking about how then that ties into Loki because then like if if the TVA grabs him and brings him in, he created a branch that like he himself is a branch. Well, yeah, that's he's a variant. Right, he's a variant. They destroyed so, that. They destroyed that branch though. They left one of those little. But since shouldn't that have destroyed the variant? No, because he's remember because. The, so then why? Wait, okay. So hold on. It then didn't destroy did, him. It destroyed that variant timeline. So see, then it doesn't make sense because then why did they have to bring the variant with them? If they just destroyed the timeline with him in it, it would have destroyed him as the variant. Because because they have to put him on trial. <laughs> Because that's what the plot says. That's what the script says. Well, I don't. We don't. We don't know much about the workings of the TVA as it pertains to the MCU right now. So let's wait and see. But yeah. But apparently they take they take the variant, the guy who the person or thing that that changed the timeline, and they go and put him on trial. And then who knows what happens? There could be a whole bunch of different things, you know, that happen to them there. You know, some of the, some of them get erased, and that and that's it. Others like they. There have been times in in the comics where was it She Hulk and the Fantastic Four have have well the Fantastic Four escaped but yes, like She Hulk was able to say hey you know this had to happen and the TVA said well okay well and the, and in the in the comics the TVA created a team of variants right yeah of Avenger variants so so we don't there's a lot of reasons right it and and you look at it like look at it like this a lot of people don't like bureaucracy. But when Loki looked out and saw the the literal infinite bureaucracy there, he was like, "This this place is hell. <laughs> this place is madness." <laughs> yes, he, he also said, "I thought there was no magic here." And they were like, "It's not magic. It's all um, te- yeah, it's all technology, right?" Yes. So who's the? All right, don't say Mephisto. Who's the cloaked figure at the end? Either it's got to be Lady Loki probably lady loki or it could be i don't know i don't know that they would introduce kang like that but maybe so there's a current theory is that it is lady loki and she was created from a variant timeline where loki took over lady sif's body right right but it was created they're saying it was created after ragnarok that that steve rogers created that somehow I don't, I don't, I don't know the full story behind it. That would be you and JD, but uh, I, I, I brushed up a little bit on with comics explained, and I, I think no, was, yeah. there was Ragnarok. All of the, all, all of the, oh God, what's the place? All the Asgardians were were dead, and they were doing their cycle where they're coming back, and the body that was supposed to belong to Lady Sith got taken over by Loki's soul, and that was Lady Loki. Right. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but essentially the variant was caused this. This time on was caused, and so what happened was, oh, Thanos. It was had to do with Thanos wasn't in his timeline, thus he never like the events of one of the movies then didn't happen. Ragnarok happened without Hulk being involved, hmm. so they ended up staying, you know. And yes, so then got resurrected as Lady Loki, and thus 
Lady Loki then learned that about the time the TVA, they want to destroy that timeline. So that's why she's gathering up those devices to keep them from because because that's an important thing too. I don't know if everyone noticed this who was watching. They're looking at that little what do you want to call it? The little iPads and there's the line and it's going there's like a red blinking line and basically I think that's the point of no return. If the timeline reaches that red line, they can't fix it with their devices. That's interesting. But I think yeah. well, was, I mean it was alluded to something bad happens when it hits that red line. So yeah. Maybe maybe when it hits that red line, Kang the Conqueror become comes back into existence. No, no, it's like well, why they, they keep saying that there's only one timeline right now, right? But if I remember correctly, Kang basically ruled like several universes. That's yeah. that's how big he was. Well so like did my, they must have wiped him wiped all of his timelines and now if it hits the red line if one of these time variant timelines hits a red line he comes back into existence i guess i don't know my guess is that she's going to gather up these devices explode them all at once and it's going to explode into multiple timelines multiple universes and thus lead into the multiverse of madness yeah i was going to say there's no way this i mean this is going to tie heavily into it and they keep saying that you don't need to watch this in order to understand that but you know it's it it gives it there's a lot of flavor that you're missing if you don't see these <clears throat> WandaVision and Loki. Yeah. So oh exactly. And then because I honestly and again, it's just a theory, but that's my guess is that this is gonna unless one of those movies starts with like the ending scene of Loki showing them creating it, but then it's like still, how did you get there? Yeah, I that's my guess is that however this show ends is gonna create the multiverse. That's gonna I honestly think it's going to tie into Spider-Man and then Multiverse of Madness. So fascinating. And it's also somehow the way they're going to bring Black Widow back. No, no, that's not going to happen. No, no, because that's that's the scrolls that are going to do. That. <laughs> that's the that that's part of well, that's part of what is it? What war is that? Can't can't remember now. The one the scrolls. The Kree scrolls. Invasion. That's invasion. Oh, secret invasion. Secret invasion. Right. Yes, which they are doing secret invasion as a TV right. miniseries, but. I do think, what was I going to say, that like we keep doing that saying, oh, maybe she was a scroll and that's how they're going to bring her back. Because again, there's rumors they're going to make two more Black Widow movies based off of <laughs> this movie. And it was like, because apparently the act, the actor who plays, the actress who plays the her, her sister, the blonde, I can't remember the character's name, has signed a contract for three movies. And so did a couple of the other people in the movie. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, and apparently I think she, Scarlett Johansson said that she still had two movies Two, contra- two movies contracted with Marvel. Two, two movies for her and not just as, like, two appearances, right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I think so. I'm pretty sure it's not just appearances. So who knows? And you're talking about Florence. Oh, my God. Florence Pooge? Poog? I'm not sure. And Rachel Weiss. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Oh, I'm going to see her in a movie. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> we need to get you a girlfriend. We need to get me a girlfriend, too. If any ladies are watching. And there they go. Oh, oh, oh. There Darn goes it. our, you know, female sector. Thanks, Dave. So, so anyway, at this point, that is my theories. I don't think, you know, again, I think because this, this episode concentrated on, I think, the character arc of Loki showing him his the, his beginning, middle and end, basically, and having him, quote unquote, accept it. But and and then want to help out but i might still still think it's a ploy we 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 know that there's going to be there's going to be a war of of wits 
which is blood. which is like this this can't be a, a series about loki unless there's a war of wits unless we're constantly being kept on our toes like there's going to be a, a Shyamalan twist at the en- end of every one of these episodes you know right so yeah i think so so are we ready for bringing him on it, 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 should we take him out of the cone of silence now well i just messaged him to see if he's home yet so okay he apparently had to pick up his son that's why he's running late so all right. Well, and we it's could... starting to thunderstorm here. I don't know if it's thunderstorming out in Chicago. But no, it's probably not. But it's it's thunderstorming here. So, what else can we talk about? All right, Mephisto. It's Mephisto. God damn. I I thought of you the moment the kid pointed at the devil. Every uh, single part. you know that's a huge. The only reason they did that is because it's a huge troll, and they did that purposefully. They knew they were going to get I, that reaction. I honestly think so. I I totally agree. Since everyone kept saying Mephisto was going to show up in WandaVision, I really think that's what they were like. Ah, there you go. There's your devil. But you know, when Loki has the helmet on, he's got the big horns, and that's why. Mobius or Owen Wilson thinks that it's Loki, the Loki that they have, not female Loki. So, and then there's, I will say this. Okay. So the other, the other point I want to bring up is that the, hold on. I want to make sure I got the name right. Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. There's an actress who's un, her, her role is uncredited in the show. Oh, in Loki? In Loki. Yes. And we haven't seen her yet. Oh, you're talking Sofia de Martino. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, we yes. talked about her last episode. She's right. she's the one that we think is Lady Loki. Yes, yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if we mentioned that last time. Yes, that is the current theory as well out there by other people that that is Lady Loki. All right, fine. Darn it. I'm trying to stretch because JD's not here yet. Eh, that's okay. So what else we got on on board here? You're gonna have to cut this out. We are we are doing. So that is look that is Loki talk for this week. Yes. No Hopefully Loki. JD. No Loki. Loki pokey stick yet? Hopefully JD will watch it this week uh, and then we can talk it with him next week about it. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. What do oh, you think we... of them? What do you think of them taking off Loki's clothes? Did you get excited? No, I did <laughs> not. I did get sad though when they confirmed that Phil Coulson actually did die and they are basically cutting the entire Agents of Shield loose. Oh, yeah, yeah. That there was I just saw an article about that the other day where it was like Basically, the the title of the article is "Sorry, folks, Agents of Shield isn't canon." You yeah. know, and I think they were alluding. That's the whole point. They were alluding to them saying that, like, that's where Coulson died, and then happened they don't in talk- a different universe. Yep. So they they confirmed it. Agents of Shield is not part of the MCU proper. Damn that. It's it's going to be interesting though, because like DC is handling their multiverse very differently. Like their multiverse actually exists, mm-hmm. and yeah, they had the fi- the uh, in- Crisis on Infinite Earths. In, on the CW, which is bleeding over into their into their main universe, their 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 movie universe, which is, you know, actually you know better than how MCU is doing it because the MCU they they're basically saying there's only one timeline and all the others were just fake and like there is no there is no uh, multiverse yet, but there's going to be after Loki, I guess. You know, right? Well, they said there was a multiverse, and then they they. The, the timelines fought until there was one sacred universe. One the sacred, sacred universe. That's it. The sacred timeline. The, that's there was one sacred timeline. Yep. And then and then and the timekeepers preserve it so that there won't be another time war. Right. But we know that the the only reason that they're preserving it is so that they will exist at the end of it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, that they actually 
they're so they're created at the end of it by the last guy. They have a special name for the last guy. We'll see if they stick to that storyline in the MCU. They probably will. And that'll probably be the big twist. Like the big twist might be the Time Lords got rid of the other timelines to preserve this timeline to make sure they get created, you know? And that's why this Loki is the the, the lady Loki is trying to destroy or bring the other timelines back because they don't want, you know, they she thinks what the Time Lords did was wrong. Hmm. I could be a writer for Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I wonder if we'll see. Well, we're not going to see the time twisters, I guess, because they basically are calling those little those little clicker Devices. things. Yeah. yeah time, uh, twisters. time twisters. So the time twisters themselves, the actual beings are not going to appear. But we may get we may get a chance to see the one who uh, was it. He who remains. He who walks behind. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's later on the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He who remains. Yeah, I, I do wonder if we're going to get a Kang cameo at some point. Well, this the whole point of this, with the TVA, you're going to wind up with Kang. Like, he's oh, going yeah. to show up in this. There's, like, I can't see how... They they can't they can't pull another Ten Rings. What is his name? Shoot. You know who I'm talking about. Mandarin? Yeah, the Mandarin. They can't pull another Mephisto who's going to show up in this, and he doesn't show up. Give us hints of Mephisto. No, that, that they can do in perpetuity. They, they're going to do that in every show now. They're going to just like, oh, you want Mephisto, huh? 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 Here, 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 here. Look, look, look. That might be Mephisto. Look. Oh, no. Look at this guy. Oh, oh. That means Mephisto, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I think, <laughs> I think, and at one point they should have a scroll turn into Mephisto. That would be hilarious. Now, so why don't we go through social media madness? No, because it's more fun with JD. I, I, no, I, I really think we should save. I mean, we should skip ahead and, and do it while we're waiting for him. You just don't want to do social media madness, so you want to get it out of the way. I'm, sa- I'm saying I'm throwing myself on, on the sword of social media madness so that he doesn't have to. Well, we still got to talk about our week. We're going to have to take our first commercial break. Yep. Well, let's in fact, do it. In fact, why don't we do that? We're going to take our first commercial break right now. Maybe when we get back, JD will be here and we can start the show proper. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, and we're back, everyone. And look who joined us Mephisto. after the commercial break. <laughs> it's Mephisto. <laughs> hey, everyone. So, yeah, I did not have a chance to watch Loki this week. I was planning on watching it on Friday night, and my dog died. So That's right. That's I, right. Sorry. I yeah. spent all Friday night comforting a five-year-old in, who had gone through his first sense of loss. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday I, I worked and then Sunday, what the hell did I do last night? Oh, I, last night I was finishing the book that we're reading tonight. So it occurred to me about when Dave sent the email out, I'm like, holy shit, I forgot about Loki. That's it, very unlike me. Yeah. Well, come on. You know, when a pet, when, it, when you lose a pet, that's, you know, they're, they're like family. Like, like, I mean, he'd been what, 12 years, 15, 15. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sorry for your loss, but I will also point out you had two extra days because it started I, on Wednesday. I yeah, who gets time to watch TV on Wednesday and Thursday? Not me. Uh, I watched it on Wednesday. We have no have, lives. You don't yeah. have a five year old. No, no, we don't. No, I, no. So, <laughs> yes, I did not. My I booked the time. I was going to watch it Friday night. Yeah, no, it's 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 fine. I mean, seriously, sorry for you. Yeah, you know. sorry for your loss. So, so I guess that's how your week was, JD. Pretty much. Yeah. We'll get. Oh wait, hold on. Hey everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. 
And John, we just did this. Like JD, didn't you guys are didn't I no, interrupt no. the show? I thought you guys were doing the show without no, me. No, but we started we just started talking about Loki. And when you said that, I thought you were gonna talk about the show like that show on our show, and then I would come in later because I missed right. the no, show. we had just we talking about it. I said we'll oh. take a commercial break and then you came on. It was like yeah. perfect oh. timing. You oh, you, well. mi- you missed the big Mephisto reveal. You know, John, <laughs> six months ago, I might have believed that. <laughs> uh, you're going to love it. There's, there will be no spoilers, but there will be a scene that will make you think of John. Let, let, let's all, just, we'll let's just say that. that the MCO has has lowered itself to tr- majorly trolling. To, to trolling John specifically. No, like, no, just just all all of their fans. They're trolling everybody now. That, 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 was, a, that was a John troll if I've yeah. ever seen. They're big perhaps, bad perhaps this evening after the show i will finally step down and, and watch it so yes so john we never we, we just went right into loki talk how was your week oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah ting tang walla walla bing bang bing bang right thanks oh yeah. <laughs> right so yeah i know just there's not, nothing really going on not not much Aww. You know, I'm actually starting to look forward to next year starting up with the with the com- conventions again. Still not really, you know, not, not not really excited about them this year, but next year definitely. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's you know, it's like the cases are next to nothing now, and yeah. it's really winding down. So I think I, I really din- do think we're at the end of it. So I had dinner at a restaurant with my wife and my child today for the first time, like 15 months, something like that. And uh, I forgot I have celiac disease, and then I had to. I barely got out of. I barely got out of the restaurant without needing a new pair of pants. So that was it's been an eventful couple of days I, for me. I oh, worked out without a mask today. I thought time. I was going to, and the gym I'm at said, "No, you have to keep wearing your mask." And I said, "Oh, okay." So whatever, I had it. Yeah, that 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 was that was weird. It's funny because they had, in the like they had lifted the restrictions a week ago outside of the city in the state of Pennsylvania. And then they just did it Friday in the city. But like, I didn't, I don't watch the news, so I didn't hear about it or anything. And I went to the gym Friday morning and everyone was wearing their mask. So I just had, you know, I, I just had mine on out of habit. And then I got home and like my, I was talking to my mom and she's like, Oh yeah. Did you wear your mask? Cause I, you know, they lifted it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Today so. in, in Illinois, this is our first day of phase five which we've yeah. been prolonging for, for a year. Of course. And uh, so today's the first day people could walk around and wear, not wear masks unless they wanted to. We, because of this guy who just wandered in, no vaccine available. So when we go out together as a family, we're still wearing masks because he can still get sick. It's amazing right, you have right. Batman walk in at any time, you know, That's, in your house. He got a, he, he got a uh, pedal, what do you call this thing? Paddleball. Yeah, paddleball. That's what I thought. Yeah, he got a paddleball thing at Target today. So he's pretty excited about it. Hang on one sec. Hey, bud. Say hi to everybody, and then you got to go downstairs, okay? <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> so you can say hi to the microphone. Hi. Hi. He can't hear us because of the headphones. We're, wa- we're waving. <laughs> Actually, you don't grab the microphone, bud. It's it's inappropriate. <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? Tell them, tell them who your favorite superhero is. Tell them. Say in the microphone who your favorite superhero is. Uh, Hulk. Hulk? Hulk. Hulk. Oh, don't grab the microphone, bud. Don't grab the microphone. All right. I right. know. All right. All right. Love you. Oh, yeah. Go upstairs. Love you. Close uh, he's he's going to have fun me. when we have She-Hulk come out, huh? He ain't watching that. He's never watched. He'll watch like little things, but he can't. One, he can't sit through a movie. He doesn't have the attention span. Close the door. I can see you. 
Good night, Andrew. He's he's a ham. I have a five year old ham. Yeah, he, he's he'll watch like the cartoons and stuff. They're doing a, a Spider Man cartoon for little kids. That's uh-huh. like perfect. I'm very excited for him to watch that. Spider Man swings. Something like, like that. Like we watched the trailer Justice and I was League like action. Yeah, yeah, it's like Justice League action. They have a the theme song was by Fallout Boy, which oh, blew geez. me away. It's actually pretty good. So I'm looking forward to getting to watch that with him soon. Well, nice. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing I did this week, I finally launched my new podcast. Oh, hey, you should have posted that. I didn't get to hear it. I, hmm. I posted it on my Facebook page. I'm on Facebook. You're, no wonder you're so healthy and well-adjusted. Did I, tell well, my, did I tell you my Facebook trick? No. I unfollowed everyone. Ah, that's so not a I trick. Have, I have no, no, I have no opinions. <clears throat> I go on oh. Facebook and it's just the groups and the pages that I like. There is no human interaction. It's phenomenal. Ah. It's phenomenal. It's, I love it. I'm such a happy person now. So, so, so yeah, it's... It's uh, it's called spiritually speaking. The first three episodes are up. Who did you um, get? Who did you interview for your three episodes? Uh, the well, the first episode is only like fifteen minutes. It's just an introduction, explaining the show, why I'm doing it, and whatnot. The second episode is Don D Square. So he talks about Christianity and and some moments in his life that affirmed his faith. And then episode three is a a new friend of mine. Her name is Maddie, and she's a pagan, and she's a reformed Christian turned pagan and she explains you know how they call them recovering christians but okay <laughs> she explains how she came into paganism and why she follows it and you know things that that she's done in her life that have affirmed her faith mm-hmm. and it's and it's very good and the third or the fourth episode is recorded it will be edited it will be up on sunday am i planning to release this show on sundays i'm not heavily promoting it yet there is a uh, twitter it's spiritually sp8 it's at Spirly, Spirly SP8 on the Twitters. And uh, so I'm not heavily promoting it just yet. But the fourth episode is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain podcast. When I told the guy, the people of the, the Greek World All-Stars that I was doing this, he was the first one that jumped on it. Hmm. And his story shocked me the most so far. And it's all, I'm, that's the third person I interviewed. And it's very powerful. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And I think... Every man who listens to this show should listen to that episode when it goes up on Sunday because it's it's a very powerful message and we talk about stuff that men don't normally talk about but should talk about. Hmm. So, yes. See, when I get hemorrhoids. <laughs> the hemorrhoids are no joke, man. We don't make jokes about hemorrhoids. Um, so you interview pagan people against goodness and normalcy? No, that is not what paganism is. <laughs> no, I love how that John laughed because he is or was a practicing Wiccan, Wiccan at one no, point. Uh, that's, for, all, for most that, of my life. That's when the movie Dragnet. Those are the bad yeah, guys in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yep. Pagan. People, people against, against goodness, goodness and normalcy. Everybody. Yes. It's been a long time. It's a long time since I've it's seen it. It's an old movie, but it pops in my head every chance I get. One of the best, one of the funniest movies ever. Yes, it is. It is underrated and it has a really good cast and it just never quite caught on. Maybe it's not as good as I remember it being because it should. It's got Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. People should love this. Mm. I need to watch it again. But yes. yeah, yes. Uh, good for you. I'm glad you're you're expanding your wings and doing something completely different. And you and know, then, talking to getting talking to similar people, but getting different aspects of their personality. Exactly. I mean, like, of course, I've already got uh, James Schumacher, who was the inspiration. That his interview on this show was the inspiration behind that. He's lined up to, and he'll probably be the fifth episode. So. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's cool because I'm trying to like get a bunch recorded and bank them because it's evergreen. I kind of like that where I don't have to hunt. You know, I had three recorded in a week, you know, and then but I released them all at once. But yeah, like it's we're not talking topical news that we got to stay on top of every week and and social media madness and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. I guess we should get to social media madness. We did not do it without you, Jamie. Damn it. We're hoping. <laughs> I mean, you know. But I dodged the bullet. I tried. I I, I was going to throw myself on that sword. I tried to get him to do it. Yes, he did. He, he honestly did. But I was like, no, no, this is a good. We were a half hour in. I'm like, this is a good place to put a commercial break in. And then you popped in. So there you go. And there we go. All right, let's do this. All right. So starting off, of course. We talked about Aaron Taylor Johnson being cast as Craven, you know, who was Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And he's also the other guy in Kick Ass. Oh, that's yes. right. Yes, also the main guy in Kick Ass. Mr. Happy said intriguing. Jim, who's that Jim Keeper official, said, Oh man, I got a feeling he's gonna kill it in a good way. <laughs> and the Omega Level Nerds podcast said, You didn't see that coming. It's a gif of Quicksilver saying you didn't see that coming. Ha, 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 Nice. You missed it. The Dr. Pop Culture, BGSU, said meh. Meh. I don't know. That's a rather strong opinion for something we from a person getting cast we've seen nothing of. Who on appearance, like the the picture you posted, homie looks like Craven the Hunter. So I don't know what what people are looking for out of this one. Yeah. So then also on a different thread, talking about it derek strong who does follow us and i believe listens to the show said never heard of him you have you just don't realize it <laughs> yes and then of course i i replied with the same gif of quicksilver saying you didn't see that coming hmm. so, to, be, to be fair he looks like a completely different human being yeah yeah it's the blonde hair and, and he's not as big and- he's big he's real big like yeah. He's like big, big. Like he's definitely doesn't look the, like the guy at all from Kickass. So I mean, like he's that's physically true too. Very different than what you think. He he's is. got like he's he's got like very curly hair in Kickass. Yeah, he, like he does. Like I said, it looks like a completely different person. Like it's bizarre that that like because usually actors try to maintain a specific look. This yes. guy went. I can't think of anything to compare it to. Like he's he, a, went, he went to Huge Jackman. He's a he's a he's he's. A character actor, you know, especially yeah, like, yeah. you know, especially if you look at the character actors from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s where they were chameleons and lost themselves in their roles. Yeah. I really think, you know, that's probably what he's going for. Or even look at let Christian Bale and the machinist lost all that weight and then yeah, bumped I mean, up to play Batman. And then that's yeah. still like in the face, you, you know, that's Christian Bale. This guy yeah. doesn't even look the same. Like, his like face looks different. So it's yeah. like I said, I, I'm very curious to see what this is going to be. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to suck, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Because of him or just because a Kraven <laughs> movie without of, Spider-Man makes no sense? All of the above. Okay. All of the above. Like, Sony is not, it's not what I'm interested in. Sony's no. just completely and utterly desperate to keep those properties by making trash movies. Like, but they have they have to keep them. But they have to keep the ball rolling. And I think yes. the obviously, I think the the Spider Man MCU movies count anyway. But you know the clock is ticking on those. So who knows after this one? Who knows uh, what's going to happen? I know, I know, because I think more. Uh, I think Sony wants to tie it all together, and Marvel doesn't want them to. Well, Marvel could care less. Like Marvel doesn't have Marvel can just not acknowledge it like they do with Shield. Right. Yeah. Like, they're like, yeah, sure, go do that. Whatever. Oh. Just pretend like it doesn't happen. 
Oh, yeah. Shield. Remember that? Remember Shield? It's on for yeah. seven years. We, we talked about that. We talked about it. You mm. were, yeah. I'm oh. on point. I'm on point. Some with Shield, huh? Does it tie this Loki? I don't want to know. Well, we no, no. Well, we we no. We can. Uh, this is not a spoiler. It's just oh, that okay. they they kind of confirmed that Phil Coulson is dead. But Phil that, Coulson is dead. Right, right. But they that's you know that's like they. I mean that's no, no, they that's confirmed. what the, the that's what Feige and everybody's been saying for a while now is that like you know they they kind he of died in in Avengers. Yeah, because yeah, if he comes back to life, that totally cheapens the entire reason for the Avengers rallying together, right? Like, yeah. so it's official that Shield takes place in a different universe. Yeah. I, well, yeah, they don't really say they it. They don't really or, say that. Or but another they... timeline, which would be really weird because that timeline existed for a lot longer than it would take for the timekeepers to normally. No spoilers for JD. Yeah. Oh, man, right. Cut me some slack. Let me see the damn show. Yeah. 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 Come on, John. Careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. So on the on a story that won't stop giving, <laughs> we got a lot. I just grabbed one of the threads this week, but the Fast and Furious Jurassic Park crossover. Dude, they should actually make this movie based on how much traction our Twitter is. I know, Mike. There's so much buzz on this. But, of course, I grabbed it for two reasons. Number one, this I liked some of these answers. And two, there's a you'll see in a second. The recast of podcast said, Initial instinct is no, but I'm open-minded. I would like to see a plot summary. Mm, fair. Timothy Jones. So now you know why I grabbed this thread. I think this movie would be great. The cars are running on fossil fuels anyway. Boo! Boo! Oh, my God. Sour grapes. Not, not one of your better ones, Tim. Yeah, Boo. sour grapes. Available at finer newspapers across the country. Nice. <laughs> Boo! Nice. And then Jay, who's at... <laughs> du, 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 duo wolves like duo wolves like two wolves yes two wolves duo wolves uh said it'd be all kinds of awesome if they did they oh. should make the movie because they're gonna make they would make money and people would talk and we'd have to watch it just out of sheer morbid curiosity i, I oh know. my god you you have to, you'd have to watch that just just like you'd have to watch Velocipaster. pastor i mean like just just because there's no way you could miss something like that Velocipaster. If I ever join the mafia, I'm going to change my name to Jimmy Two Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Johnny No Thumbs, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm Italian, so I can make that joke. Hmm. And and then John can be Johnny Two Feet. Johnny <laughs> Two Feet. Just call me Ogre. <laughs> it's terrible, but I like it at the same time. <laughs> I know. Johnny Two Feet. <laughs> two of feet. Of course he's got two feet. <laughs> Why, thank you. It's one, of my, it's, it's one of my favorite jokes. And then finally, we had talked last week about Marvel killing off Doctor Strange in the comics in the death of Doctor Strange storyline. Of course, we all know that comic book deaths aren't permanent, but we said, I did say on over on Twitter, do we think this would affect the movies? And then, of course, Ucho du, Duro Parlay, our podcast, uh, who we haven't heard from in a while, said, no effect on the movies because fully banking in a retcon in comics down the road so yeah exactly yeah of course everybody is one of my favorite twitter accounts out there the ocho duo parlay hour they actually have a really good twitter feed i highly recommend following them yes yes and listening to their podcast i yes listen to the podcast too but i mean i honestly i actually really like the twitter feed even you know regardless of the podcast it's a really good twitter feed <laughs> it's better than most of the garbage on twitter is that what you're saying yes i am just saying that a lot of twitter sucks there's but i do like their engagement it's fun all right so 
now we can move on to Nerd Madness. We had the finals for the different categories this week. Starting off with comics, we had had the Daredevil run versus Immortal Hulk. This was a close one, but Immortal Hulk takes it. 57.1% to 42.9. A lot of people like the Immortal Hulk. Wrong. Yeah, I'm curious about this. I'm I'm, ha- I'm thinking about picking up some trades. I'm gonna, yeah, did, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to pick them up too. They, I've never been much of a Hulk reader, but this sounds intriguing. Oh, I, I love the Hulk. I've I've you know for a long time because I do turn green when I get angry. Someone's <laughs> isn't me or someone's microphone shaking. Hmm. I hear like microphone like shaking around. Is that is it is it picking up my fan? I don't know. I hear something this way. Okay, well, just ignore it, because if I turn the fan off, then I'll die of sweat. The Corella Brain podcast said, well, and I just be thankful I don't have my air conditioner on, because then it would be really bad. A well-written Hulk story is something I never could have anticipated, so it gets my vote. Oh, to be fair, there's good Hulk stories. Yes. World Hulk. Was it World? Uh, World Hulk is all right. Yeah. Planet Hulk is very good. Planet, Planet Hulk is very yeah. good. Yeah. Like Peter David wrote the book for like a decade and those were all really good stories. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like, come on, let's be, let's be real. Yeah. 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 All right, John. The final matchup for anime. We had Attack on Titan versus Demon Slayer. I am kind of disappointed in this one. So Attack on Titan took it 60% to Demon Slayer's 40%. Yeah. Because I, I I don't know, but this might be personal preference for me. Like a lot of people like the really convoluted personality-based storylines of Attack on Titan. Yeah. Where things are just really, really messy and dark and whatever. I like I like the hopefulness of Demon Slayer. So I think I also just think Attack on Titan has a really big following. Right, especially since this is the last uh, season. So. Yeah. But yeah, Demon Slayer still did pretty good, though. Yeah. Again, the Gorilla Brain podcast chimed in and said, Attack on Titan was a milestone in animation. Uh, <laughs> in animation or in storytelling? It's there's a, a bold difference. statement. It yeah. is a bold statement. I mean, I mean, some of the animation, there's a lot of Sakuga in, in Attack on Titan. J- just remember, that's a rule of thumb for anime. Sakuga, good. Sakura, useless. You, 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 you'd understand if you're an anime fan. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sakuga meaning like they'll put out a bunch of episodes where like only people lip flaps and all that because, you know, they're saving money. And then they will like drop a bundle on a different animation house that will make 30 frames per second and, you know, uh, okay. all the dynamic movement, everything. And there's a lot of that dynamic movement in Attack on Titan when they're, like, fighting the Titans and they're flying through the air. Right. It's really, really nice animation with that. So, but you see that in Demon Slayer, too, now. And a whole bunch of others. One Punch Man. And so, Hell we, have a, we have a bloodbath, guys. Oh, we do? We have a bloodbath in the final TV matchup. Th- thanks for shutting me down, by the way. That's okay. <laughs> Well, I would I would go I would for, gone for 15 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Of course, the final TV matchup was The Mandalorian versus Picard. It's this one this poll got the most votes. Who we got the red shirt? The Mandalorian wins at 91.4%. Holy crap. To Picard's 8.6%. Is Picard that is Picard that bad? I don't think Picard's that bad. I just think people like The Mandalorian better. Mandalorian is one of the best. There's like a cultural icon ship. Oh yeah. yeah, it it it's 
Well, I think it's because it surprised the crap out of everybody. Yes, you know? best Star Wars thing that's been done since 1980. The Omega Level Nerds podcast said Star Trek is less than Star Wars Mandalorian. I expect uh, no, God no, to have that theory. Yes. Well, I, part, part, of the, part of that can be traced back to Paramount and basically how they've handled the Star Trek you know, oh, there's a lot of handing it to with, Abrams and there's a lot of issues with with Star Trek and and craziness with rights and them changing stuff. And then, anyway, yeah, the Gorilla Brain podcast said poor Picard with a gif of uh, I won't say James Bond. It's uh, who's the actor who plays James Bond? Daniel Which Craig. One? Oh, OK. <laughs> Daniel Craig saying it's a bloodbath. OK. Is that from when he was on Saturday Night Live or something? I don't recognize Yes. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Eric Baker said. I'm a huge Trek fan, but I enjoyed the Mandalorian way more than I did Picard. So, yeah, I can see that though. I mean, I mean, from what I've yeah, seen, this, of Picard, this, I really, I mean, yeah. you know, I think, I think Don said it best last week. He said it doesn't really matter. All it, none of the other voting matters. It's it's who is going to be destroyed by the Mandalorian in the end, <laughs> which is I I kind of think that we're headed down that road. Finally, we have our movie matchup our movie final and uh, we had one night in Miami versus Pixar's soul. One of the weirdest. That's a weird movies were so weird this year. That is one of the weirdest matches matchups ever. And a very poor result. Very Um, poor. Yeah. Well, I still think onward to beat soul. So less, less, less votes than the anime matchup. That's weird. It did. It just, I don't know. It's a bad year for movies. And one night in Miami was a, uh, Netflix exclusive and and Soul is Disney. You know, I just I don't know. Whatever, it's a terrible result. You people who voted for Soul over that are stupid, and I hate you all. Ooh. So Soul won. The gauntlet's at, been thrown at seventy four point two percent to twenty five. And it's not even close. That's an ass whooping. And it's like, did you people actually watch this movie, or did you just vote for someone with some cute cartoon characters? Because it wasn't even the best animated thing Disney put out. And I like Soul. Don't get me wrong, it was good, but it wasn't as good as Onward, and it definitely wasn't as good as One Night in Miami. People are morons. Morons. Uh, thanks for alienating our audience there. That's what you. I that's what I do. <laughs> Devlin Cox said this one is tough. It was. Fair, fair enough. I hope you voted for one night in Miami. And Kevin Israel said, One night in Miami sounds like an awesome superhero movie in South Beach. I rest my case. <laughs> so that means, guys. Yes. We have comics. So we would have Immortal Hulk going up against television, Ooh. The Mandalorian. Oh. That's actually a tough fight. That's a tough matchup. Immortal Hulk's been playing very well. And then Attack on Titan will be taking on Soul. I don't know what to think about that one. Soul has been a Cinderella story of the tournament. So, yes. And then whoever wins that will take on The Mandalorian. I mean, <laughs> we'll take on the winner of the other. So, so yeah, this is we're, we're, we're getting near the end, people. Only one can be what reigns supreme. So get your Mando helmets ready to celebrate. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get we'll get the answer in three or four months. No, 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 no. <laughs> two, two more weeks. So I bet you're wondering, you're sitting there you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite uh, podcasting device. You're wondering, how can I be a part of this? Well, here's a good friend, D-Square, to tell you more about how you can follow us over on social media and be part of social media madness and vote in nerd enjoying the show want to be part of social media madness make sure you are following superherospeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page while you're there 
You can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network includes great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right. Thank you for that, Don. We appreciate that every week. Uh, thank you again for doing uh, Spiritually Speaking as well. Sorry, got to plug the new show a little bit. Um, on that, oh, don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast available uh, on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, we're going to take our second commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm a dork. All right. We are back, boys and girls. And we don't have much news to talk about this week, but we do have a couple little things, some previews that came out we can talk about. And then there was a late breaking story that came out too that I'd like to bring up out of the blue. Sure. Oh, okay. Well, well, what's. I'll hold on to it. Okay. So, so first, we don't normally talk video games, but I, I, you know, their E3 was last week. A lot of trailers and whatnot came out, but the only superhero game that came out of that that looked interesting to me. Uh, was the Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be getting their own game, which is interesting because they haven't been doing Marvel video games until they did the Avengers, and now they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you guys have a chance to look at the trailer? What did you think? I'm looking at it right now as we speak because I did not watch this before. And the timing is weird because we haven't had a Guardians movie since 2017. Uh-huh. Right, it's 2021. Yeah. I find the timing bizarre. I'm also mildly entertained that they, they chose to not cut the actors a check. So they the likenesses are completely different, and apparently they gave Peter Quill Johnny Lawrence hair. Yes, yes, and it's funny because if you listen to the voices, most of them are definitely different. But who's ever doing Rocket is doing their best. Bradley uh, Cooper impression. Bradley Bradley Cooper impression is Rocket. It was just like, yeah. oh wow, and of course I am Groot. I mean, anyone can sound like Vin Diesel doing Groot. So well, yeah, if you gargle gravel, basically, yeah, it's yeah. Not, I am Groot. Not hard, you know. Um, but I mean, it's. It, I, yes, I will say that. Like they, the different actors. I mean, and I'm sure it's always difficult to get them to do the move, the, the games. I don't know. Maybe I, no, they I, don't see, wanna... I would. I would have thought that all the contracts by the time that Guardians of the Galaxy came around, all the contracts would have included all media, including they have video to, games. But they have to pay them to do the mocap. Right. They don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, and I also kind of think it costs uh, a lot more. Costs a lot like, more to hire. Like, like I said, they haven't been doing marvel video game they're they're just getting back into it so that might not have been a consideration when when they put those contracts together but if you watch the trailer it does capture the vibe the the comedic vibe from the movies it was Mm -hmm. really good are you listening with sound jd big part no i did i had turned the sound off so we can yeah okay so 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 i also want to point out that the background song in the trailer is i need a hero oh oh he-man you're talking about no 
Oh, they used it for both? They used uh-huh. it for both. Nice. Was, that's what are the odds of that? Exactly. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> what? You just threw me for a loop on that. Um, yes. That. They, oh, Audie Tyler's good month for her. Yeah. They yeah. they they shouldn't have used it in the He-Man. Like it's just that using that that track is Which, just so cliche now. You know. I, I guess I make a segue. The other the other trailer that came out. We were going to talk a little bit about this show last week, but we didn't. But now we did get our first official look at He-Man. Uh, and the Masters of the Universe. Oh, what's it called, John? Revelation. Revelation. Revelations, yeah. The, the the continuation of the '80s filmation cartoon, according to Kevin Smith, that was his plan. Is like he wanted to continue, but it does not. I mean, this does. This feels like no. Let's take the cartoon from the '80s and dial it up to eleven. It feels. It looks more like a continuation of the Cartoon Network series from the early 2000s. Right, because that's canon that. too, right? But but the character, uh, the characters were di- the the designs were different. They feel it, it feels spiritually closer to that than, than the which is fine. The original He Man should not be watched if you're over the age of seven, you know. Right. I found I found it fascinating. I like the concept in the trailer. They show an army all dressed in the same armor, like man at arms. Yeah, that makes perfect like, sense. It's like oh, that makes sense. Like it wasn't just one crazy guy in a suit of armor. There was a whole armor army wearing that same armor he was the leader of them yeah i buy that i don't know i liked it what do you guys think yeah i'm excited john there there was some controversy over a picture that they had of tila but that seems to have gone by the wayside because the in the trailer she had her old design they had a new design in the picture that was released by kevin but it's it's not it's not what was in the trailer so So i'm not sure what's going on with is it is it possible that that picture that was released was an original concept art and then the people at Mattel went no Possibly. yeah well there was a huge internet backlash against it well it doesn't matter if there's a huge internet backlash the show is done they can't go back and fix the show right right it's you know? just it which is why i feel i find it weird that they released that one um image with, with maybe that's her what not looking like tila maybe that's now, what maybe that's what kevin smith wanted originally mattel said no so they went with the you know design closer to the original Tila, and he just released it as like a you know, ha ha look. Or maybe it anyway. Or maybe she starts one way and turns the other. That's possible. The course of the show, I don't know. There well, could be some there could be some time travel or time gap because it looks like He Man is like the vibe I got with him he, with the cloak and stuff is that he's returning from something yes. right from so, what from what I've heard like he. The, the first the first two episodes and this is what i've heard i don't like again that this went along with the image i'm not even sure now with the image in question i don't know but i've heard that like he-man doesn't even show up for the first two episodes because it's tila looking for the power sword like That's something happened something group. happened they lost the power sword and they're <clears> going to do this two episode build up to when he finally has a power sword back hmm. okay which I can that that could work, you know, like the like in the in the Shira the new Shira series, like she wasn't turning into Shira every freaking episode, you know, right. because that that's the thing with the old the old series, like they were for selling toys, and every episode you had to get that one shot of him turning into He Man and taking out the bad guys, right? Like and and they were all the the episodes were Iden potent, they were the everything was the same at the beginning and the end every time. Right. So that you could watch them out of order and you wouldn't lose anything. But now, you know, this this is going to be more adult. So they're going to have some long storyline. Well, of course, again, cartoons 
American cartoons in the 80s were designed to sell toys, not to tell a story. <laughs> children. Toys to children. Yep. So, you know, I, I have a child now. You know what he's excited about? Stuff. You know what I liked when I was a kid? Stuff. Stuff, Stuff and know? things. Yeah. Very, that's, very that's what it is. Hey, He-Man is huge, and his, his action figure does this. Yep. So I want that. You know? That's just... They were very easy. That was my generation. We were very easy. Fish in a bucket, man. Mm-hmm. Bought it all. You are. Very I, I also dating. bought the fish in a bucket. I, yes. you know, that was a that was a fun toy too. Go and monkeys that. in a barrel. Oh, yeah, I had those when I was four. Yeah. Man, I re- I actually that's one of the first toys I remember. Like I have my one of the few memories I have when I was like four or five is monkeys in a barrel. So I also want to point out and and. I've seen a couple people talking about these online. I mean, obviously, I like my toys. They are obviously trying to cash in before the show starts. They've started re-releasing these Master of the Universe. I forget what they're calling them. They're like they look like the old figures, but they're they're new figures. Like they they're action points. figures, not dolls. Yeah, like they, they have elbows harder. now and knees, mm-hmm. and and they're more more they articulated. Fully- they look like the old ones. They're in the spirit of the originals, but yes. they're they're better designed and they're more appealing to a modern collector audience. Collector, yeah. Say, yeah. So, so I'm kind of curious. Do you think? I mean, since we talk about cartoons or to sell toys, do you think they're going to come out with a new line of toys aligned with the cartoon? Yes. Why wouldn't they? That's what that's what Mattel literally does. Yes. Yeah. And John, are you going to be in line to buy them? No. 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 I may uh, wind up. We'll see what happens. No, Not for I've, me, I've, but for the kid. Do you have any idea how expensive an anime figures are? Like, no, I do not. A hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Why? Why? Because you get the twelve inches. You get the. You know, they're they're like fully articulate. You can you see several different weapons. You can like you know. So, the, I don't. I don't buy a whole lot. I don't buy I many not, at all. But well, every not, once in a while. I but I'm not, not gonna. Spent that much on a figure yet? Hmm. Actually, I've only one? bought one that was over a hundred. What are the ones that are that are? They do Star Wars and Marvel, and they're uber expensive. Oh, shoot, I know people that are listening to this show right now. They're screaming at their not, devices. Not the pop things, right? No, 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 no. Uh, um, those are collectible. They're highly uh, detailed. There's a couple of companies that do that. Yeah, but there's like the one Hot Toys. Hot, Hot toys? toys. Yeah, and like, but they're like 150 to 200 bucks. A figure, you know. Yeah, but they're but like made you're gonna get an Iron Man that like you actually take has that, iron in it. <laughs> no, like like you can take the mask off. He, he's got a bunch of panels that open up and stuff. He he lights up. He looks like Robert Downey Jr. Like the whole night. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, but one day, one day I'll break down and buy one. Hmm. I'm sure. Probably a Captain America or a Spider Man. Uh, anyway, yeah, and I'll I, let's see if let's see if they do a He Man figure. I'll probably buy it. Speaking of He Man, you know who's really strong in the MCU, guys. He-Man? <laughs> He-Man has fought in the Marvel Universe. He has also fought Superman. Mm-hmm. The Hulk is really strong. And you know, he has a cousin, Jennifer Walters. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk. And she has a series coming to Disney+. Plus. Mm, I'm going to stretch over here. Stretch. <laughs> and Jamila Jamil <laughs> has been cast as T- Titania. Yeah, one of uh, one of She-Hulk's villains in the show. In the show. So... So what do we think of this casting? Jamila Jamil, I know from The Good Place, and she hosts The Misery Index on TBS. So I don't know if this is a stretch for her as an actress. I don't know. I want to see the tone of this because She-Hulk yes. is interesting. You know, are they going to go with like, because lately in the comics, they've kind of 
I don't want to say gone back, but like they've kind of steered away from the John Byrne slash Dan Slott interpretation of the character, which mm-hmm. is pretty much fourth wall comedy, like similar to Harley Quinn. And they've given her like a, a bulkier look and not made her like totally serious, but like, you know, definitely not in the same vein. So I'm curious as to what kind of She-Hulk we're going to get. I don't know. Well, that's and that's kind of why I brought up this article, too, because it's like she's a comedic actress. Yeah. I mean, and I, I know it's a lot of time comedic actors and actresses play really good villains. But are they going for the comedic tone in this? I think they should. Right. I think that's the big difference between She-Hulk and Hulk is that She-Hulk is a f- funder is in a word more fun character. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I want, I want to see something, but I don't know what to think yet. What do you think, John? I I don't know. Like every one of these Marvel shows is striking a different and good tone. Like so the only one like we haven't had Guardians of the Galaxy is the one that does a lot of the humor. So it's probably time to have another one that's, you know, more humorous. But they I mean they might have picked Jamil because, you know, she's five foot ten and and you know, she's I don't know, like she's she's a comedic actress kind of. I mean, she was okay in the in the good place. I just don't know how that's going to fit with all of this and, you know, what the tone of Shield is going to be. But if they try to pull it with comedy or something like that, it'll probably work because it's Marvel, for crying out loud. True. I'm also kind of curious, too, because uh, I think to Endgame and Mark Ruffalo's portrayal of Professor Hulk, you know, yeah. there was more of a comedic edge mm-hmm. to him in that movie, you know, with the, the, the you know, just the Taco Bell him giving the tacos to was it ant-man sitting on the bench when they show up in new york and he's like you know smash stuff and he's like oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah and then you know the scene in the diner people asking for his autograph and stuff and, and i mean if, the movie was three years ago jeez and there have been i know because last year doesn't count we're not we're not counting that and they have been uh set photos leaked mark ruffalo is in the show and he's in a mocap suit with dots all over his face so he'll probably be fr- still be professor hulk in the show so yeah it'll be interesting to see how this goes though i am curious about another thing too yes the story in the comics is she gets her powers because she needs a blood transfusion and she gets a blood transfusion from her cousin but at this point he's professor hulk so why would they get it you know what i'm saying like why would they go to the hulk for a blood transfusion Kind could, of happen, could happen before that i don't know i know it's a good question yeah so i'm wondering how they're going to go with her how she's going to get her powers in this like that's i don't know it seems like a cheesy way to do it so but again if it's a cheesy show yeah i don't know i don't know how this is going to work i'm very curious to see how because the the she-hulk origin story let's be honest it's pretty stupid so let's see kind of how they're able to to tweak it you know right that's the one thing also we can count on is marvel will tweak the story to make it seem a little bit more interesting and you know follow a little bit more logic as much as you can follow logic for comic book shows but you know like it's probably gonna be good but yeah i I can't i let's wait and see we say that every time and every time we're like yeah this is great you know like with wandavision we're like i don't know how this is gonna work oh my god it works great (laughs) yeah the track record speaks for itself so but i think it's fair to say well i want to see what the tone is before making a decision i don't think that's ridiculous right no no it's not no not at all so that that's yeah that's true speaking of of marvel's track records with tv shows and we were speaking about loki earlier do you trust the guy to mischief why would I? He is literally the god of mischief. So Tom Hiddleston has come out in an interview and said that Loki does not appear in Thor Love and Thunder. 
Which I, I believe him on the surface I, makes sense because a Loki died <laughs> in Endgame, and then but he's also faked his death in every episode in every show. But that's a whole other story. Every movie, I mean, and and B, you know, I think they were filming simultaneously, so it would have been hard to get Loki on the on the set. I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that he's. I think that Loki's kind of not outgrown the Thor franchise, but they're definitely playing with the Loki as its own franchise. So I think it's better for both characters to get them away from each other for a little bit. Yeah, that's true too. And I don't want to see like I didn't want to see another Thor Loki movie anyway. Like it just, you know. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that kind of bugged me in in Ragnarok. You know, like the movie's funny and and it's a different tone, but. By the end of the movie, it's the same story arc with Loki again. You know, yeah. yeah. But at least they did. At least he's dead, and they did something different, right? Yes. Oh no, that was in the, that was. I'm sorry, I, I got my. No, that was in, that's the yeah, beginning that was, of of Infinity War. of Infinity War. Excuse me. Yes. I got my got my stuff crossed. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think you're wrong. I think getting them away from each other is for the best. I know you're gonna miss though them playing. What was the game? Get help. Hmm. Right, John. You like playing Get Help. Okay, is this a transition? Did I not? When Tom, when 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 uh, Chris Hemsworth picks you up and throws you. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Speaking of that, Aquaman. I... Oh God! <laughs> I was trying to get you. I didn't spend anything about Loki not being it. I was trying to get your opinion on it before we moved on. No, no, I did. No, it's just, that's fine. I mean, you know, you gotta you you if you put him in there. What's the actress's? Oh my God, I'm blanking tonight. Of uh, what's her name? will have less room to breathe in her new role so jane foster yes yes so like shall I, like the, you throw hiddleston at too much is going on like that's what i'm ho- like we, we already know what happens in a superhero movie when you throw too many things in at the same time so we do give give the storyline time to breathe on its own without throwing the the actual god of mischief into the story <laughs> i don't know they threw a lot into uh end game and it yeah but that was kind of that was that was Endgame. I mean, that was the culmination of all this stuff, right? Uh, like, yeah, this yeah. is just a, a storyline. So a story. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right. It's getting hard to watch a regular Marvel movie after all this. I know. I don't I mean, think well, you're wrong. Well, I I don't know. I mean, you know, we would have thought it'd be hard to watch the TV series, and well, well, but see the TV. That's okay. Tangent time. The TV series though is giving us like six to eight hours of a story so you're it, it's like watching multiple movies at once where you know to go back to a two-hour cut and dry you know movie it's just it's it's gonna be difficult we'll see i don't think we it's will gonna see. be that bad well yeah we'll see soon i mean black widow's coming out next month we'll be reviewing it for the show so i'll be going into the movie theater for that one jd looks undecided no, I'll go in movie theater for that for sure. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. We we live in the boondocks um, yeah. now, right? Both of us. So mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 easier for the movie theaters in the boondocks. There's still only like four or five people here at the most. Well, yeah. I have to drive into the suburbs. There are no there is no theater by me. So you know, I gotta uh, travel. See, I just go to the Amish down the street where they got the sheet hanging in the back and the like, they draw like each movies. frame really quick. <laughs> it's amazing. These Amish are the most talented ever. Yeah, I'm sure. Incredible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Our last story across the aisle for some uh, DC news. Very, very little DC news this week. But James Wan revealed the name of the Aquaman sequel. 
and it is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Eh. Any thoughts? I, I'm not, I, you, you know, you two are bigger DC guys than I am. Does that mean anything to an Aquaman fan? Is there an actual storyline from the comics, or is this could be, could be where Mara's people are from? Okay, because she's not Atlantean. She's actually from a different dimension, which is why she has the the hydrokinesis powers. So uh, that's my thought because they are because Atlantis kind of is the Lost Kingdom, the Lost Kingdom of Atlantis. I yeah, mean, that's, like, that's oh. what that was my initial thought when I read it. But I'm like, no, that's too obvious. That's too silly. Like that's not what they're doing. No freaking clue. Yeah, eh. I don't know. There's not enough, not enough information. Yeah, what I agree. Of, what kind of DC guy are you? One that doesn't have enough information. Accurate. Okay. Oh. All right. I guess we'll have to wait for more, guys. We're going to have to wait for the trailer or a plot synopsis. or I guess if they re- they release casting news of who plays the main villain, that might give something away, too. That might give something away. That could give us a hint for what's to come. Yeah, I don't know. All right. That is all the news I had. But, J.D., you said you had a, a breaking so, news. Well. This, I don't know about breaking news, but the producers of the Harley Quinn show today, did you guys see this in Twitter? No, 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 no. Said that the only blowback they had from DC was they wanted to do a scene where people were laughing, who know this already. Batman was with Catwoman and engaging in his cunning linguistics. Hmm. And they were told, absolutely not. And they the, said yes to everything else, but no to that. They superheroes do not do that. And they said, well, so, so, so the response was, so superheroes are selfish. And he said, no, we have to, superheroes have to sell toys to children and we have to explain that. <laughs> and I thought I kind of sided with DC on this one, but I found the situation humorous. Cause looking back when Kevin Smith made Batman pee his pants, yeah. see, they had quite a few <laughs> fires to put out over that. And I think the show would definitely fly in, in slightly higher over the radar. So what do you guys think of? Don't forget Bat Dick. And the Bat Dick thing. Remember, Bat Dick was yeah. a lot of issues, too. So I think having gone through pee-pee pants Batman and Batwang, that they were kind of like, no. Well, I, th- I think it's because those were just images, and this is so, like the, the actual act, probably. So, I mean, I mean that, that show is... My God, that show is raunchy as it is. I've heard. I've never watched it, but I'll be honest with you. That's that whole thing made me want to at least check it out to see what they're doing. Oh my God, I think I have trouble watching that. That's interesting. The image in your head. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, the image. All right. So, so what's the what's the storyline? Demon. What are you talking about? Like, give a hint. Sounds they, like they've 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 had sex in the comics. Oh yeah, lots. Bad. Batman and Catwoman, yeah, they were yeah. they were gonna get married. Like the Tom King run was there them as a couple. Right, years. right. I mean, but that's you know that's where Damien comes from. Like it's like it's not, <laughs> and that's how. Well, he was dr- he was drugged, right? Like he was forced to do that. But right? that's in that's in childhood. That's in the, the son of the demon or whatever. son of the demon. Ooh. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yes, that's yes, Talia. Yeah, that's Talia. And lest we forget the Killing Joke cartoon adaption. Oh God, that's right. That too. Most right people there. like to forget that. Yes. Yes. So I find it interesting, and, and I haven't watched the cartoon, but my understanding is that it is geared towards a more adult audience. Yes, the Harley Quinn one. Yes, definitely. So oh, more adult? No, total adult. Trust me. So I I, I don't know where I stand because it's like no, they've I, already I done it. So why did they stop it this time? Well, because be- I think you fly well because um, it's cartoon and it's yeah. There's one is them together in the race in the throes of passion. The other is. For lack of a term, a tad more guttural. Yeah. 
you know, especially if they're verbalizing. And I imagine it would just been a joke rather than seeing, I don't know, maybe it would have been seeing Batman. But I mean, like, I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from, but I think it's presentation. And I think raunchy humor is a harder sell. Yeah. Than, you know, embracing. I don't know. That's really all you see in the Batman cartoon shows. Because you don't see the, the, them getting their bat game on, you know? <laughs> the bat game. <laughs> but the fist well, my day's it. been made. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, It's funny. Like, I get DC's point. I get. I do, too. Like, I, I get it. Like. I would have to have seen like I'm morbidly curious. Don't get me wrong. I would love to. I mean, like this I was, was going to say, me. like, yeah. can I show me the script, what they had written out for it, you know, and how they described it, you know, and then maybe I can make a decision on that. I'm curious. Like, I'm very curious to see what they would have done. Like joke wise, I'm sure it'd have been. I'm sure it'd have been funny, but I, I get where they're coming from because you got to be a little more protective of of Batman than you are of Kite Man. Yeah. You know, or, or the condiment king, yeah. or or the condiment, yeah, or the condiment. Like, <laughs> Superman and Batman and Green and like Wonder Woman should be treated with more reverence because yeah, those characters have to sell toys. They do. That's yeah. That as a dad now, I feel a little differently about it than I would have felt a while ago. You know, because like you have to explain those things not to kids, but to stupid people on the internet who have to make big deals out of everything. Hmm. Well, that's it's true easier, too. It's easier just to avoid that argument with Batman because no one cares if 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 Catman does it, you know. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I don't so, know. That's what I thought. So that came up today, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the guys are going to think about this. Yeah. Well, I think John wanted to see it, so. Okay. No. Oh yeah, Mister. I've got all the Marvel swimsuit issues downstairs. Yeah, that that was me when I was like in my twenties. I think I think I've matured a bit since then. Plus, I've got all the hentai I could ever want. So I was one. I wasn't gonna say it. I'm, I'm glad you said it. I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm glad. Someone ah, said it. so if if Batman had a tentacle, all right. Oh, isn't that what hentai is? All right. Uh. On that note, boys and girls. As you try to wash that image out of your head, we're going to take our last commercial break, and we'll be right back. Bat tentacles. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. All right. All I'm right. Done. I am so done with that. Let's go on. All right. Episode All right. Title. <laughs> so, what we were talking about the the Dresden Files not too long ago on this show, and JD mentioned a couple times that he had never read them so we we put out the challenge to read the first book of the series and then we would come and discuss it and i just i just want to show you one thing i'm for those that are watching or re, for listening i'm i'm showing my shirt but it's a shirt i don't know if you can see it yes makes for it, great this makes for great podcast material yes i know right it's 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 harry dresden and and his friend butters riding on an undead dinosaur and with what's the, the name of the, the dinosaur? I think it was Sue. It was it was actual Sue. And yeah. Sue is an actual. Sue is a. Now we'll I will talk about this. Sue is a dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex, that is in the Field Museum in Chicago. Right. And there's and, apparently a story behind Sue in real life. Yeah, but but the, like the caption. Did the caption is Poka will never die. Yes. And 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 Butters is playing poker, uh, playing Poka in order to keep the heart beating of this 
zombie dinosaur. Yes. That's so not this is what you have to look forward to. Spoiler alert, that's not till book seven. All right. So All right. something like that. Like th- these books are just amazing. Okay. All right. All right. So so let's start with JD since he never read them before. Before we get too deep into it, just real quick initial thought on the book and try not to, to say any spoilers just yet. I had a hard time starting this, like literally getting started reading it. I bought the Kindle book and I just, my time was running out and I had a big work weekend. So I said, just do, just get the, the audible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I already spent the money. And then I found out that audible cuts you a break if you already own the Kindle version. So I went, Oh, I've got the audible book and I listened to it in two days. So you caught an, you called an audible. I called an audible with audible <laughs> and didn't have to get a membership because I'm audible. I'm a writer, right? This is what I do. Audible is a freaking ripoff if you belong to the service. It's $15 a month, and you still have to buy books. Yes. Yeah. It is like there is no perks of Audible. Audible is a terrible subscription service. This, this is why I read all my books. Like, I, Well, that and I enjoy reading. I do too. I don't it's, love yeah. audiobooks, yeah. but I appreciate them on a different level. And I wanted to sit down and read this, but I just had a, I just had a, a crap ton of work this week, and I just didn't, it didn't balance out. But because I shot, I shot a wedding and then I had to coach. So I spent like about a good 10 hours in the car over the weekend. So I had time and I had this eight hour book and it was, it was, an, it was an enjoyable experience. James Marsters, the old Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, fantastic narrator. I really liked it. I really liked this. It was really fun. The DNA for urban fantasy is all over the place in this. Like this is literally because I've had people tell me, oh, your books are kind of like this. And I'm like, maybe. I mean, I've never read them, so I can't say it. But I was kind of like, okay. And I, I can see where some comparisons go because I think every – I think Jim Butcher really creates the idea of like – because it plays off more like noir mixed mm-hmm. with fantasy elements, which is – yep. I think this came out in like 2000. Yep. So it's very, very – oh, yeah, definitely 2000. There's talk about going into O'Hare Airport and waiting at a, in, in the airport. I'm like, oh, you can't do that anymore. And yep. haven't for quite some time. So entertaining. I really, really liked it. I'm looking forward to picking up Fallen. Cool. John, when was uh, the last time you read it? And, and when, how'd you feel rereading I've, it? I've, every once in a while, I go and reread the entire series. And like, you know, especially when he's about to come. If, if I haven't read the, the, the series in, in like four or five years and he comes out with a new book, I, I go ahead and reread the entire series because it's just fun to remind yourself because there's so much going on. And I'll tell you right now, JD, the first book is the most vanilla of all of them. Good, because I think there was stuff that could have been bad. I didn't. I liked it, but there was there's parts where I where I lose attention here and there. Yeah, and it, it's it not... felt very vignette to me. It felt like a lot of world building. Like I yes. felt like the murder was very much a uh, MacGuffin, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it feels like because like they, they there's vast swaths of the book where they don't really deal with the investigation of the murder, mm-hmm. right? Like where him and Bob are building the potions and like. And there's a lot of there's big chunks like that that are very vignette right? More so well, than just like focusing on solving the murder, which is fine. I don't mind that, but that's kind of how it played out to me. And the, and this is yeah, no, and it's it's per- perfectly fine. And this is one of his first books, but like I think after he wrote this one is when he actually decided to get serious. And the second book in the series is where everything gets set up. We've talked about this before. It, you know, it's a it's literally an armory full of Chekhov's guns, and. And you also get introduced to a lot more interesting characters that are going to play okay. heavily into the story going forward. It, 
let's not get bogged down in the second book. We're talking about Stormfront. Right, right, right. But 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 yeah, you're 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 right in saying that there were parts of this that seemed to drag on a little bit, and parts were like, let's make potions. Okay, so why? You know, it's like yeah, and I, I get it. It's it's world building. It's it's mm-hmm. established. The first part of the series, a lot of what you do too is you establish the world. You talk about the rules of the world, and part of that is explaining things, even if it's not terribly pertinent to the plot. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff in this that isn't terribly pertinent to what is going on, Cause, and cause, you know it's a pretty obvious who the, the killer is once right. you've listened to the first like the first like three chap three four chapters and you're like oh okay this guy's definitely the killer and then you're right but that's okay most noir is like and I I, I enjoy it though and, and and I'll say in the later books it gets really hard to figure out who's doing what but yeah what was I gonna say like I lost my train of thought it's it's just yeah this this. It was still like, this was, I've read a lot of fantasy before this, like Robert mm-hmm. Asprin, Roger Zelazny, Heinlein, like you, you name it, Asimov, or, you know, this science fiction too. But this was like the first time I got urban fantasy. And right after, right after this book came out, that's when self-publishing started. Mm-hmm. And you started to get this explosion of urban fantasy. Oh, dude, on my Facebook page, all I see are advertisements for knockoffs. I oh, see yeah. so many Dresden Files knockoff series. Yeah, well, they, they always they all they're all compared to even now they're still compared. Mm-hmm. To, you'll, you'll see like this book if you all if you always wanted Harry Dresden mixed with you know it's like it's like that. There's uh, hey, I'm gonna start doing that. Like yeah, I get yeah, I know, it, right? I get it. But I've I've read I've read I've read hundreds of books, and there are some really really good authors out there. Alona Andrews, which is actually not an author but a husband wife team. I'll have to get come up with the names of the others. I have to look at my Goodreads, but yeah, this this is the first one where it it was just so cool to see fantasy set in like today's world, and you're like, oh crap, you know, like you know, it it, it gave it this little extra oomph, you know, yeah. like more interesting because oh wow, what would happen if right? Yeah, he creates the urban. It's the perfect name. He creates the urban fantasy yeah. genre, which now, is really cool. Yeah. Now there's there is. There are is a few things in here, like the fact that magic doesn't mix very well with technology. Yeah, I like I'm, that. In 2000, I don't know if Jim Butcher or very many people understood just how intrinsic technology is to our lives now. And it, it makes the, it, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he planned this out, but he, it kind of starts off and continues on with this entire world being really separate from like everybody else's everyday world. Like you never hear anything about the politics are going on or the religions or anything no, like that. You just, you just, it's, it's kept very, very separate. Even the technology. I, and this is one thing I think Butcher does really well that most writers don't even realize or readers, writers and readers don't realize he's doing. He is, he's very vague about certain things so that the book becomes almost timeless. Like the technology and the, and the phones that they use and all that stuff. Like as the series goes on and, and even starting in here, you don't really see, you don't really talk about the type of cell phones and, and stuff. He alludes to some of that stuff, but it, it never, he never really pins it down to a time. No, and I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I did feel like this story was very 2000, right? Just in the way they are referencing things like publishing, referencing how there's, oh, not, yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot of talk about computers, not like this, like talking about answering machines and like, 
So I did, and like I said before about the thing about going to the airport, is there's still things about this that do feel very late 90s, early 2000s, which is fine. That's when it was written. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind, I don't mind my books and stories feeling a bit dated in that way mm-hmm. because it shows, it's, art should be a reflection of the era which was it was created. Yep. One thing that I felt phony to me about this series was the fact that it took place in Chicago. And then when they said Chicago, I got excited. I'm like, all right, Chicago. I can tell Jim Butcher doesn't spend a lot of time in Chicago. Because he refers to it as Midtown Chicago. There's no such thing as Midtown, right? Like, that's not a place. And he doesn't talk about Chicago. He doesn't talk about the neighborhoods or where you would live or why something would be here or there. And, like, talking about, like, going to Michigan at the end, I'm like, that's a long drive. Like, you wouldn't really, you wouldn't need to do that. There's beach houses, like, just across in, in southern Indiana. Like, just knowing the city, because I do that a lot in my writing when I'm talking about Chicago, is, like, really getting into, like, like, like a character like Harry Dresden would probably live in the Ukrainian village. And there's reasons for that because he's that type of a guy, but we didn't delve into that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I felt like he put it in Chicago because Chicago sounds like a cool place to put this. And it's not, it's like, it's also a nexus of like, I'll take your word. That's not a thing. That's not, not, yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But at the same time, I don't feel like it was really in Chicago. Like there right, was no right. touch. There was no like touchstones that, because well, that good part of like fantasy is when you can ground stuff in reality to make it feel more real. And it wasn't, I could tell that he wasn't spending time in Chicago to create these places. It, it gets, That's one of my only criticisms of the book. Yeah, and I really liked it otherwise. He, he gets better with that. But the thing, but, but you know, this, I guess, and as a writer, you can say like, this is like, you write what you know, they say. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but like, what am I, I, what, if I were to finish my book, am I, am I going to just stay right? Like three, three well, houses oh. down from where I live. Like oh, it, you want to set books in different places. Absolutely. You know, and back in 2000, you didn't have like no. nowadays, if you want to know what the, the, if you want to base something in Chicago, you go to Google maps Absolutely. and spend some time going around the city. Literally, I've done that. Like, I've, I've yeah. literally done that. I literally, when I'm writing about a theory, something that takes place somewhere else, I've done that. You go to Google maps and Google earth about, and yeah. Google yeah. Earth and you talk about walking down the streets and what the buildings and you can like. walk down the street and go exactly and so you can it, like yeah. you can cheat that i've been there thing right and like that's the thing and that's another technological thing of the era where that's much harder to do in 2000 of course yeah. but like i said for me like as someone who you know chicago is very near and dear to my heart so for me that was one of those things that that it didn't take me out of it but i, I kind of went oh you're really not a chicago guy because he's talking about streets that aren't they don't really obey it like that. But again, it's at the same time, it's, like, it's not really Chicago. It's a, it's a fantasy Chicago. So I can accept that. It's like the Shazam movie took place in Philadelphia, but like it didn't oh, yeah, they, really feel like Philadelphia. And I can, yeah. and that's something you know by being a resident of the city, right? right you, yeah. can, you can tell, you can feel, you can almost like smell stuff like that. So I appreciate when creators, artists, you know, whatever, go that extra mile to make it feel more lived in. Yeah. Right, or make it feel more realistic. And again, that that's a that's a JD Oliva being nitpicky about something that's important to him. Did it really matter that much in the context of this particular book? No, not really. It's just you know me being you know picky. Again, again, and I can't stress this enough. The books from here only go up, and I believe far you can, far up. It's his first book, and you can see the talent. Like the town the way i love i love how he describes things i love how he described the belly of a storm and i kind of come like that is i'm like that's really good writing and it's witty and it's like there's like a whimsy to it that i i, I really enjoy like a really snappy prose that mm-hmm. it's fun it, it's a fun book i told my wife i said you should give this a read sometime because i think you might like it 
and that that's the thing that there are a lot I've read I've read like I said I've read a lot of books and there is some really really that like it's it's the blessing and the curse of the age of self-publication you get a lot of good authors that never would have got published but their books are awesome and then you get a lot of bad ones and i've read some of the bad ones where you're trying to get your way through a conversation and you can't do it because it's so stilted and fake and you know and and you know just not the way people would actually talk to each other you're, but you're talking about my world yeah I get it. yeah but but he's yeah but but jim he always you know all of his books the the dialogue always just seems to just flow like you yeah. it, you don't you don't it it's so good that you it doesn't stick in your mind you're just reading the book it you Absolutely. don't ever real you, you don't ever sit there and realize and and suddenly say to yourself that didn't sound right you know there's there's some writers that are very good at writing fluid conversations Stephen King is a great example of a writer who does really good fluid conversations because he's he's able to like bring real life to his characters when you have real life to your characters it's easy to write conversations. A lot of writers really struggle with writing dialogue, and I've heard writers in, mm -hmm. on podcasts and interviews talk about their struggling there. I didn't feel that at all. Like I really felt like all his characters have their own voice and have their own right um, ideas, and that when you have that, when your characters have your own voice and their own agendas and their own mechanisms, like the conversations really flow. And because this is done first person, you really get to dig into Harry's head, and I, I really like that because you don't. Now that's become a lot more popular, especially in the fantasy genre, because again, this guy is really setting the precedent for what this urban fantasy uh, genre is. And yep. because he like adapts like the the, the Philip Marlowe type of, of archetype of like yep. the private eye telling the story, mm -hmm. right? Like it's like Maltese Falcon, like they're telling you it, but that's not done. That wasn't in 2000, that wasn't done a lot. So he's bringing something in from a different genre. He's bringing that, that hard-boiled detective, that hard-boiled noir thing into the fantasy world and bringing that first-person narrative with it that sets a tone for, like even in book descriptions, they talk about if you're in fantasy, you should have, you know, first-person book descriptions. And again, that's all that's all Jim Butcher's DNA, which you do, is you so know, cool. I'll, I'll bet one of, one of his inspirations was Kolchak. Kolchak, Matt Shocker? Yeah, absolutely absolutely because that's exactly the character basically except that's for totally the character in, it's in, in the same same yeah. town too chicago like yeah. it's you kolchak is is just a report because that's one of my inspirations too is he's just a reporter but he's dealing with this supernatural stuff mm -hmm. like the show was such a, a abysmal failure but it became such a touchstone for so many people creating genre work for the next 50 years yeah Right. Any, anybody who's listening to this, Kolshak, Kolshak the Night Stalker. I think it was 1970s. 1974. Yeah. And and man, it's like it's a, a cult classic. And it was just about this reporter who just, you know, he his eyes were open, he'd go into things and he saw the the other side, the you know, the 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 creatures and the mystical stuff that was happening yeah, that most people just ignored. Very much monster of the week, but it's it's like it, Chris Carter calls yeah. it the inspiration for the X-Files. Oh, yeah. Check the Night Stalker. I and mean, it's very obvious, too, when you watch it. It's essentially Columbo, but the villain is a vampire. Yeah. Or right. a werewolf or Or a werewolf was, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, I'm, I'm ripping it off, too, 50 years later. So... Mm. It's it's fun. I mean, like, and there's definitely there's definitely a lot of of of, of Kolchak and Harry but and Harry uh, uh, Dresden. So it's cool mm. stuff, man. Sorry, Dave. Did you want to say something? Oh. Yeah. I can see Dave getting frustrated. And John and I are just ping ponging back and forth. I was to say it's. I, I think it's I one think of my favorite like books. I'm sorry. Twenty minutes. I don't think I've talked. Um, hey, we're. I have twenty minutes of the show. I didn't talk either. 
there you go. <laughs> Turnabout's fair play. No, and it's funny because one, I haven't read any of the books in a while, and part of the interest in doing this again too is I want I do want to reread all of them because I want to read the two new ones that just came out. And uh, I say we go through them all. I'm game. I'll and, read, I'll keep reading this. And uh, I was gonna say, but I forgot how much actually like because you're talking about world building how much he sets up in this first book that becomes so important later down in the series like there's no there's no throwaway characters in this in this book every character becomes important at some point and uh, yeah and it's and it's just and like, like you're thinking about oh i know what happens to this guy oh i remember what happens with them you know <laughs> as you're reading it it's kind of hard to separate it but it's just like it gives you a different perspective when you're reading it like oh okay but yeah, no, you're right. It's just, it's so, it's just so good. And like you said, that Noir, which is funny because if you read any of his other books, like the Codex Alera series, like they're not Noir books. They they actually kind of feel like Game of Thrones where yeah. they jump, the different chapters jump around to different perspectives of different characters. Um, Shared universe? No, no. Okay. Uh, the, the Codex Alera total, was... Total own thing. Yeah. Okay. It, it, was, it was written by him when uh, on a dare. Some, on a dare, some, yes. Or it was a bet. They, they bet he couldn't... What was it? The 13th Legion you couldn't, that, you that couldn't disappeared? Combine, so, there's, there's, he said, he, he was like, said, I could write a book about anything. And, and they said, he said, come up with the two worst things to combine into a, into a story. Yeah, the, and, the, the Lost Roman Legion. The Lost Roman Legion or something. And, and Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and he did it. And it was brilliant. Five five book series. And it was just yes, absolutely brilliant. And it's brilliant. very, it, uh, yes. And if that intrigues, intrigues you, then go check it out. Yes. It's, it's very different. So I, mean, I, I just want to mention one other thing. There is a, there was a short-lived TV series on Sci-Fi Channel. I remember the Dresden, that, the Dresden Files. I remember that. And I never watched it. I just, I don't know. Sci-Fi, the vast, I should love the Sci-Fi Channel. But I haven't loved most of what's been on the Sci-Fi Channel through its right. existence. But but well, I'm just I'm just saying that the the that's that was a little bit the characterizations and stuff were different there, and the books are are leagues better and the universe is better. I'll also say this: there are graphic novel adaptions of the books, but I think they only got through like the first three books before they stopped making them, and it was like. It, the one publisher did like the first book and then like a different publisher did the next two books. And then oh. I don't know what happened. That, that might've been when he, that might've been when he started to go through his divorce and he was having health problems too. Yeah. So like something happened with the rights and they kind of like, you know, I mean, and of course, you know, JD, you know, as well as anyone, it's a lot harder to produce a comic book than it is to just produce a novel. And I'm sure that it got frustrating and he just kind of gave up on, on that. But I do have the first, I do have Stormfront. I know I have, and I'm pretty sure I have the second one as well. That was in an era, too, when they were doing a lot of adaptation comics. Marvel was picking up, like, they were doing, like, Dark Tower books, and yeah. um, there was something else, too, I forget. Oh, Game of Thrones books. They never they never stayed. Like, none, like Game of Thrones, I don't think, goes beyond the first book. I don't think they ever went up beyond the first book of the first two books of Dark Tower. Like, it just... It just doesn't work really. Like when you're transferring, like when you're when you're translating novel into comics, there's something that it go it worked good the other way, but not. It hard. It's hard. It's tr it's really tricky. The funny thing about the Dresden File TV show, I've always said that because I've seen, I I actually ended up buying the show on DVD because I was such a big fan of the the books. I wanted to like watch the show because it was only on one season, but you can sum it up easily if you watch. There's two interviews with jim butcher one is him with like 
someone from the show doing an interview before the show went on air and him talking about how great it is and you're like oh there's some changes but you know they're, they're changes for the better and blah blah and then an interview with him after the show was canceled and he got all the rights back talking about what a mistake it was right he found, he found out what it's like to try what the meat grinder in hollywood is like but yeah like he said it was such a mistake he shouldn't have he shouldn't have listened to them if if they had just followed the books it would have been a much better series because it's like it, it's it starts off with that oh we're just gonna make this one change because it's more visually appealing or like that bob the skull was an actual ghost and yeah not, that bob the skull was a skull. ghost not just a skull the blue beetle obviously his car right who which is a character in the book and it is a very important character throughout the series they made it a jeep oh because, because it was easier easier to film in a jeep than it would be to in a volkswagen uh beetle well all, also because paul blackstone couldn't like they harry dresden is really tall but in real life like paul blackstone couldn't even fit his legs in there <laughs> That, that was one of the other reasons. And then, and that was the other thing was instead of, you know, he wears a duster, instead of the duster, he just had a leather jacket. That was egregious. That was wrong. And he used a hockey and, stick. And then a hockey stick instead of a staff. And it was like, that Hot. one made no sense. Right. But they just thought it was a better, apparently the people who made the show thought that was a better quirk than... Uh, See, and this is kind of what happens in Hollywood is they get you, they, they get a guy and they, they bring in his material because they think that it'll make money, but then they got to tell you everything that's wrong with the material. And then you're sitting there surrounded by people who know every, and they make sure that they know, they, they make sure that you know that they know more than you because you're lucky to be in there with them to begin with. So they tell you, we need to make this, 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 and this change. And you're like, okay, you guys know what? And you're seeing the check that comes in. And you're like, okay. Maybe they know what they're talking about this. And you get kind of swept up in the experience of filmmaking because filmmaking is beautiful and fun and it's all this money and you feel good about it until you actually start watching the product and then you watch it slide and you know why it's wrong, but you can't say anything about it because someone bought your rights. So you got to sit there and take it. And you also have a non-disparagement clause in your contract. So you have to go on and, and hype it because- so you're not um, Well, also too, it's good for you because if it works, you're going to make more money. So right. why would you bury it unless you're Alan Moore? In which case, then nothing matters. So, <laughs> but then at the end, it's a fuck up, and you know why it fucked up, and you're like, well, shit. Okay, yeah, I know it was bad, but what was I going to say? So I get that. I understand 100%. Because everyone, that's why they add, that's why you have to have, you know, I know Warren Ellis is persona non grata these days, but his approach to adaptations is the best. He's like, you know what? My books are my books, and I like money. So you have to just sit there and divorce yourself of it. Because you have no control over what someone does once they buy your rights, but your books are your books. How, yeah. how many how many properties have we seen where it's like, you know, it, it, it it's got a huge fan base and everything, and they they go to make a movie about it, and they change literally everything the fan base grew up around, and it's like, how do they? I, I you, you just always wonder how much how much cocaine these guys are snorting to think that that's ever going lots, to work. Lots of cocaine, <laughs> but I mean, like that's too. Like, not everything is Game of Thrones, which actually helped grow the fan base and was a gigantic success. Where the creator is actually part of the writing team, and they're like, yeah. "Hey, you, yeah. you guide the show." That's a rarity. Yeah. Well, so, until they got to the point where he, he ran out of material, uh, he don't care anymore. So yeah. back, so back to to, to Stormfront. So. So it's a noir, as as we said. Harry Dresden is the only working wi working wizard. Is that the the right term? The, the the only publicly working wizard. Publicly yeah. working wizard in Chicago. In, in anywhere, really. Yes, and so I'm kind of curious because I mean, John and I read the book, so it's kind of hard to say. Remember when we originally read it? Did we have these feelings? 
I did. It I starts. Remember. It starts off with him getting basically two cases, two different cases. One given to him from the police, and one's a privately given case. Did you, as a as a mystery fan, as a urban fantasy fan, as a writer, and knowing how books normally go too, I guess that's the other thing. Did you have a feeling like, oh, these are going to be connected by the time yes. we get to the end? Absolutely. The second they introduced it, the second he gets the second phone call, oh, these are going to be intertwined. Because like, that's that's how you tell a story. Like, So, yeah, no, there was no surprise whatsoever that they were linked. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, two seemingly unconnected cases are, are connected. Uh, but that's what that's. And, and what's good is that's a trope of mystery storytelling. And you steer the key. The best writers know when to steer into tropes and when to steer away from. Right, because you want yeah. you want to embrace the good tropes, but you want to know when to leave ones behind or when to subvert a trope to get people surprised. Like you have to, it's a, it's a tight walk, it's a tight wire rope. You have to walk, right? So yeah, of course, of course, they're going to be related. How could they not be related? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of a little bit of a loss until well, what's the what's the girl second girl who's killed the character's name? Oh, was that Jennifer or was that oh, um, Linda? Linda, yes. Mm, I always get confused, yeah. Um, when he goes to Linda's apartment and finds the second film canister. Mm-hmm. Which... Another way it dates the story, by the way. They're talking about film canisters. Like, to my to my fellow millennials out there, or no, millennials might know, to my, my, my Zoomers, film pe- people used to develop film. You just didn't have your picture automatically on your phone. Yeah, they, there's, and, and there's, there's only so much of, of that kind of thing that you can steer away from. Like, you're always going to get anachronisms yeah, that's fine, but, and I think that's fine. I don't. That doesn't bother yeah. me. I like it. But but he does. He does get a lot better hiding that side of things. But maybe that's because, like, it it is urban fantasy, and it does happen technically in our world. But it does get a lot more into how separate the world he walks in with the world that you know people on the street are in. Right. Right. I mean, and that's that's one of the. Con- Sorry, Dave. Just one thing. This is one of the conceits of urban fantasy is that with all our technology and all this and like a camera everywhere in like most major cities, there's a camera literally pointed at every single inch of them that we don't see the vampires and werewolves and, you know, and the, the mystical stuff going on. And well, and they, they, a lot of them come up with reasons, but you know that's i mean it's funny because he alludes to it in this book but it definitely becomes a trope of the series is the reason people don't see the vampires and the the fairies and all the things that are in this book is because people don't want to see them well they explain it they explain it away in 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 some other way and like also because there's there's treaties like there's treaty there's treaties between the major no, no, powers yeah, because yeah. because no, no, he, one so one human getting... because one human seeing them is is not a problem but a million humans seeing them is a problem because there's too many humans and they have really bad weapons and also because when when really powerful magical creatures are near technology see you're getting into the, you're getting technology. into you're getting into fine details that are that that, right. that are explained in the book I'm talking about the base idea that and and it's something that Harry. Dresden says through the throughout the series is like, you know, the reason people don't see these creatures is because they don't want to see them, and it makes sense. It's like a good trope. I think it makes sense. You yeah. know, like people explain away things they don't want to see. Well, because the best the best writing is metaphorical, right? It's just the mm-hmm. same problems we have in the real world. There's rapists and murderers 
and human traffickers and pieces of shit that walk around in front of us every day that we choose to turn a blind eye to because it's more convenient. And that's what the best fiction does is it puts a a supernatural stamp on a real problem. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but these days nobody would believe that stuff, right? Q is (laughs) one. I mean, you, you, that's the thing. Like, you say it's a conceit of the book that pe- people that that people would wouldn't believe their own eyes, uh, and then and then you get into well. like recent history. <laughs> well. Sometimes they say that the cliche goes, "Truth is stranger than fiction." It is because fiction has to make sense, right? Like you said before, like, did you think those two stories were going to be linked together? Yeah, of course, because that's the rules of fiction. They have to be linked together. Mm-hmm. In reality, those things don't have to make any sense. Reality makes no sense. Well, people say that's not realistic. And I'm like, oh, what is realism? Realism doesn't make any sense. Like, I hate to like Pablo Picasso, but I mean, what happens in real life is completely illogical. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your truth is stranger than fiction. It is. That's, that's literally it is, it is, yeah. That's the cliche. And it's, yeah. it's the truth. Fiction has rules it has to live by. Reality has no rules. I should write that. That's a good setup. That's a good one. Anyways, yeah, I like this book a lot, man. It was a lot of fun. And you guys say, here's what's impressive. That's his first book. Yeah. This is yeah. the first thing he ever wrote. Like, it's the talent is just unbelievable. And it just pours off the page. And, ju- and just, just to, uh, again, to expand on everything here, like, I would like to do the, the second book, if you guys don't mind, don't if, 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 you, if you're onto that. But... Anybody who's picking this up because we're recommending it, keep in mind that this is an entire universe that Jim Butcher has literally living in his head. There's not just the main books. He's got short story anthologies. Ghost um, stories. And, and yeah, but there's- it's a collection of, is, is, isn't, isn't it called ghost stories? It's a collection of short stories all right. about the Dresden Files. But he's done, he's, done, he's done short stories that were submitted to other projects too. Stuff like- that were edited by Faith Hunter and a few other right. like writers. Like the, the, I don't know if they'll ever. I don't know how. Like I think Goodreads is the only way that you can actually figure I, out what order to read everything in and find out what everything is. But there are short stories all over the place that are peppered all over the timeline, and stuff like him meeting Bigfoot and just like you. You need to like it. It's really fun no, no, no. sometimes to to read the short stories and and see what's so, going on between the books. Side jobs and briefcases are the ones that he put out. They're collections of short stories that are that take place in the world. Right. And then there's yeah, Wizards for Hire, Wizards by Trade, Wizards by, at Large, and Wizards Under Fire. All different collection that some of those stories take are in. Yeah, this is all available on Wikipedia. And there were there was a there were a couple of anthologies that were edited by P.N. Elrod, who also had her own series called The Vampire Files, but she, some of the short stories uh, series that she edited. He, I'm he pretty sure too. I'm pretty sure he's. From my understanding, when Side Jobs came out, I haven't read uh, Briefcases. When Side Jobs came out, that was all of. At that point, he was able to collect all the short stories. It's he, not. It's. It's not. There. There are a lot of others. There's even one short story that hap- that happens before the first book. Yes, that's where he meets jobs. Karen for yes, the first time. That is inside jobs. Is it inside jobs? Yes. Okay. I have side jobs. I've read it. A couple I know. Times. I know. There's more that he hasn't. Um. So, well, we're going off on tangents. Um, Total tangents. I have no idea. I've read, I've read one book. So, well, I mean, but I'm a but I'm a King fan. I know what you guys are talking about. So I get it. I mean, there's there's just alone there's 17 books in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, published to date, and there's more coming out. So it's like 
there's a lot to read if you're going to get into this. But but that's good. I mean, it, one one of the hardest things to find is something that will you know entertain you for a long time. It's I find it always sad to finish a book and realize that that's the end of the story if it's a really good one. In this one, you read the first book, you really like it. There's 16 more books that are only getting better, and he's still not done yet. And we and and by his own words, the last three books, which might be 21, 22, and 23 at this point, or 20 through 23, something like that. Um, yeah. they, they're going to be a three book Armageddon. Yeah, you've said that before, and that's again, that's that should be, in my opinion, every writer's goal is to sit there and <clears throat> and create their own universe. Like, hey, I'm doing it right now. Like, all my stuff takes place in the same world and is interconnected in some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, like, it's fun. To, like I said, I'm a big King fan. Like, you know, for me, all things serve the theme. Everything is about the tower. So I get it. I like seeing I like seeing this and I want I'm definitely I definitely want to to dig further and read more. Cause I do. I like I like the writing style. I want to see how he grows as a writer over the next couple of decades worth of work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So it's good. I mean it's good. <laughs> for for yeah. short term, yes, it's a good book. Read the book. Yes, yes. Pardon me. And then he sets up a lot of like we said, it's a lot of world building, but he also kind of like sets up in a way like rules of magic. Yeah, you know, and well, you gotta have a magic system, which I find interesting, right? Because like you have to, you have to create rules for something, and then you have to stick to those rules. Yeah, that's tough as a writer, and this is why characters like Doctor Strange have a hard time in comics, right? Is because what are the rules of magic? And like, it's hard, to, it's hard to make something like that stick in like a one comics shared comics universe where people are going to be coming from different ideas, different perspectives. Maybe they didn't read everything. So you have these inconsistencies of draw. When you're one guy, like I, I did, I'm not a magic guy in, in that I know about, you know, spells and whatnot, but I like that he was grounding it in some reality where he's like describing it. Like love potions have to be made like this. Escape mm -hmm. potions have to be made like that. This is why. This is how you bind a fairy and do a circle and make them do what you want. You know, I'm like, okay, you're telling me, I like this. You're explaining to me why. Show, show, don't tell, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're telling me that you're doing and I, something. And it's a little expository at, at points, but it, he pulls it off because there's there's character in what he's saying. Well, and, and he's also he's also telling you while he's doing it. While he's doing it. That's, because yes. he's doing it for a reason. Right, that's what's important. Is I that, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, and he definitely researched like he borrowed things oh yeah for sure from other places he's borrowed things from actual like new age belief systems and stuff you could definitely see that and one of the things that i love too in the book is like so to who's a, a fairy in the book it becomes a very he ends up he ends up becoming a very important character later on Tutu, Tutu, which toot, is just okay. yeah, Tutu is what everyone calls him it's what he calls himself but it's not his actual name and he goes into this whole thing about knowing his actual name, you can call him. And like he's telling you this the whole spell about how he, he calls him, but then it's like, oh, but like I'm not gonna tell you his name here. Yeah, I like that. Because you know? he's yeah. he's like like he like, yes, I'm talking to the audience, I'm writing this as a noir, and like, yes, I'm going to like leave the stuff out so you don't hurt yourself, basically. I like that. It's very conversational. It's like he's telling you, the reader, the story. He's not just right. now, it's not just like it's like a lot of times a first person narrative, it's literally their thoughts. It's like the thought bubble is narrating everything, but this isn't quite like that. It's literally like a one way conversation with the reader where yes. there's a lot of, which I like magic too, real magic sleight of hand, right? There's a lot uh -huh. of that going on too, where I'm going to show you this, but not, not everything. So I mean, there's, there's like, even in the name, like Harry Blackstone 
Copperfield, Copperfield Dresden, Dresden. right? Because there's there's links to magicians, not mm-hmm. wizards. So you know, yes. there's a con, a little bit of the con game going on. His, kinda, his father was a magician. That's one of the things. I kind of okay, I I know that. I like that. I don't know that yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's in the book. He mentions it. And does he mention his father was a magician? His father was a stage magician. He was never home because mm-hmm. he was bad. always on the road performing. And that's why he gave him those names. I forgot that part. Yeah. Which I will say it's one of the only things I felt was missing from his character. What's up? Is that he should have also known sleight of hand. Well, I his, agree father, his father died when he was young. So. Right. But it would have been like, it, that would have been a, like. It, it, it's a nice character beat to not to use. Because like sometimes magic, because even in magic stories, magic becomes a crutch, right? I'll uh-huh. just use magic as. It's nice if you can put a spin on it where you don't have to use actual magic. You can use sleight of hand magic because then you're outwitting your opponent at the same time. Dave, that's a smart call. I like that. I kind of, I agree with you. Because like that would have been like, so there's the scene near the end of the book where he gets handcuffed to Murphy, the police officer, and, and she's poisoned and they're trying to escape. And like, because he even says that. He's like, oh, I wish I had known sleight of hand so I could get out of these cuffs, you know? And it's like, yeah, that would have been a real cool thing because then, like, he could do something like that and just go, it's magic, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you don't know if he's just doing sleight of hand or if he's doing actual magic. And that would have been a, a, a cool... Maybe I'm going to write my own character. You should. Hmm. What the hell? Why not? You just created something. Because, again, this and what I like about this is this character could easily have been John Constantine, but he yeah. isn't, right? He exactly. isn't John Constantine. He, he kind of... Like, it's easy to sit there and say, oh, hey, he's just a Constantine. Because there's street wizards, there's some similarities... But the characters are so completely tonally and like you know personality wise different. Yeah, that's what it works. That's character built. You know, that's how you create a character. So, I have a question for you. It's a question I like to ask people who who read these books, and it might be hard to picture it based on just reading the first. But if you were going to do a Dresden movie, Dresden Files movie or limited series, who do you picture playing the, the lead role? At the moment, no one else but James Marsters, because that's who told me the story. <laughs> and that's what I'm seeing in my head when they're saying the words. So that is unfortunately the only image I have at the moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I've always pictured, I mean, I, it's too late now, but I've always pictured Hugh Jackman. What? Yeah. Uh, that's all gangly, dark hair. Like, yeah, I think that. This is why casting is hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is why I say, what? No way. Like, yeah, this is, this is why this is a hard thing. Hugh Jackman, gangly? Yeah. Well, he's naturally gangly. He chemically yeah. no long, chemically not often, but I don't, we haven't <laughs> seen. We see what he looks like lately. He could be gangly again. Look at you, Jackman, from the first X Men movie to <laughs> to now. He wasn't that built in that movie because it wasn't a thing then. So you know, he's he put that muscle on as he played the the character, not right away. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think of Hugh Jackman as in the what's that musical that he's not Les Miserables, the other one. Yeah, like never, never really wants to the, the oh, greatest oh, show yeah. on earth. Greatest show on earth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or the showman, whatever. Showman. Yeah. That's what it was. So yeah, see, that's 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 that is Harry Dresden. Well, I think we've done this enough. We're gonna do the next book in like two weeks. I, I one last thing I want to point out. If you look at this, is one of my favorite things. Talk about character building. One of my favorite things. Every cover of the Dresden file shows Harry wearing a hat. Oh, right. But in a fedora in the book, they never talk about him wearing a hat. That's true. And I that, I, I did notice that. I'm like, because I did notice that. Yes. And it's, I don't remember which book. It's 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 definitely one of the latest books, maybe book 12 
or 13 and basically something happens and he's in like this magical armor and he has a helmet and he like takes the helmet off and he, he's, he's he's sitting somewhere and he has it on his lap and he's like ah oh, i don't like hats <laughs> Yeah, but he but he but he wrote that because everybody was asking where the hat was. Why exactly? Because exactly for 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 a decade they were asking where that. Oh, two yes. decades. I, I, that was that's like one of the best parts when it when I came up with the book. I was like, oh my god, finally mm. someone he addresses the hat thing. That's funny. I like that. Yes, but the duster has its own contract. So well, the duster is very important. Yeah, when he mentions the duster, like that becomes an important. That is like a thing. Yeah. Like oh yeah. That's interesting because I thought that too. I'm like, oh, they never mentioned his weird looking cowboy hat. Like, I don't know. That's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it is. But at every, I mean, every cover, he's wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. It's like branding. Yep. You know, and actually, that hat led me to believe there was more like something more. Maybe it's just because I'm a, a King fan and a big Dark Tower fan. But like, I see him and I kind of see Roland Dresden at the same time. So I like, I was making a connection. There might be some type of a cowboy element to Dresden and. The- no, no. In fact, I I cosplayed as Dresden years ago for a convention, and I don't. Somebody said that to me too. Like, oh, you're gonna wear a hat, and I'm like, Dresden doesn't wear a hat. And they were like, he does on the cover. I'm like, no, he doesn't wear Look, a hat. This is a conversation we could have for, for hours about how important covers are, and this is like a, a big struggle. Is like when you're branding and you're creating care something for the cover of like people only judge books by the cover. Like you can have a great book description, but if they don't like your cover. You're never gonna go anywhere. Like I had some bad covers for a series that I I pulled about a year ago. Wow! Because the covers covers just didn't work. Like Don Don bought the book and Don's like, "This is my favorite book of yours." And I'm like, "I like it too," but nobody buys it. So I finally had to just kind of acknowledge effect on my. I was looking. I'm like, "What is wrong with this?" I'm like this cover fucking sucks. Sorry for the swear, but that's it does. So I have to go back and rebrand, retitle, new cover, new you know stuff because just if people don't like it and like the hat is silly. But at the same time, it creates an iconic image that stays in your head. Like yes. we talk about, we've talked about the Dresden files on here and the image, because I've seen the book covers a million times. I love going to bookstores. I'm on Amazon all the time. The image is in my head, which is important, right? Oh yeah. Two, two decades worth. Everybody, yeah. when you see, everybody who knows anything about Harry Dresden is like, oh yeah, duster with the mantle yeah. and the, and the hat and the, and, the hat. and, and the staff. And that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And they, you created, they created an image that is burned in my brain. I never read the book. But I knew you say the Dresden Files that boom, I can see the covers. Yeah. I, you see like an amalgamation of covers in your head, and it's always that's that's super important. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yes, but I, I will if I on the rare occasion I see someone cosplaying Dresden. If I see him in a hat, I'm like, nope, take it off. <laughs> but they don't know who he is otherwise, right? Because I mean, like you see, no, if hat, you got the duster and a and a staff yeah, a and a blasting wear, rod and the a lot of guys wear dusters. Like I mean, like. I'm telling you, man. If you have the hat and the it's all of it. It clicks. It makes the image. And the yeah. and the and the and the pentacle amulet and the mm-hmm. shield bracelet. Like what's, what's the difference between a pentacle and a pentagram? They're both words for the same thing. Is it the same thing as those? Yeah. The, yeah. Does pentagram have like a more evil connotation? Because you say pentagram, and I think werewolves yeah. and monsters. And well, y- yeah. I mean, mostly when you when you say pentagram, most people think of the the upside down point, the point pointing down but like they they actually i forget if it was in this book damn it the it's important that the 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 point is pointing up i don't remember them yeah okay i don't remember that it's not in this one but it's explained later i guess then but it's like it's like earth air water and fire the four elements Mm -hmm. with a soul above them so 
with, with so you know basically the the spiritual over the material that's with the point with it pointing up so that's that's i buy that's, that yeah. <laughs> all right so i guess i guess we're all saying the same thing we recommend this book yeah yeah Pfft, hell yeah and and i guess we're gonna read the next one at some point two weeks two weeks is good <laughs> two weeks all right i guess we all got homework again so i got a trip i got a state tournament coming up so do another yeah. audiobook all right reading All is that. fundamental it's also fun yes i, I All find right. it very fun so let's let's then wrap this one up with uh, some recommendations for our audience john you got any recommendations i i you know what i'd say read the codex illyria that would also and in, in addition to harry dresden's book they 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 don't wear capes but these guys are superheroes um <laughs> but the the codex illyria is is set in another world and and it's really right. i mean it's just really one of those good books and the way the way jim butcher writes they're very easy reads very entertaining read yes so all right jd some of the video fans might have noticed that uh my son came in and he bought this put this little stuffed dog on my lap oh. this was this is a that my mother-in-law bought a couple years ago when our dog we looked like our dog wasn't gonna make it and he did and she'd been hanging on to it for when he passes and um, my, this has become my son's coping mechanism. And um, like, cause he's saying, this is the new Wicket. Like we named our dog Wicket after the Ewok. And he goes, this is the new Wicket. And it's really helped him because I had to break the news of, of losing a pet to a five-year-old. And the this is his first time experiencing loss, right? And understanding, you know, what death is. And he's still struggling with it, right? Not understanding why Wicket isn't coming home, right? So this has been, a, I miss my dog first of all. He's one of my best friends. But, you know, and this is him, this is my little boy coming in and saying, here, daddy, now you won't be alone. Wicket will be here with you, right? And he put this, because Wicket always hung out in my wife's office during the day when he worked. So he put him in the spot that Wicket would always sit because he wants us to be the way it was, yeah. right? He wants it back to normal. So my recommendation is just, if you have a pet, love them. Just pet them. Tell them that they're good because it sucks the day you lose them. Like, it does. And like I said, for, for us, it's harder because we're trying to educate a five-year-old into lessons that he probably isn't ready to handle, but we kind of have no choice. So just give a pet a hug. If you have a dog, rub their ears for me. If you got a cat, try to get their attention because cats have no loyalty. <laughs> and and when you hug the, after you hug the cat, just make sure you bandage all the cuts. Yeah, cover your cuts. <laughs> cover your cuts. You got a fish, put them back in the bowl. They don't need a hug. Give them an extra pinch of food. Well, thank you for bringing our audience down. That's JD. what I. That's what I do. I insulted them earlier. Now I make them feel bad. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will recommend that one. You go to superheroespeak.com, where you can find the podcast every week. Review comic book re uh, links to our social media at the top of the page, and comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. And I am also going to recommend that you go check out this great new podcast. It is available on iTunes and Spotify and almost every platform so far. If it's not on a platform, let me know. And of course, this is Spiritually Speaking, and it will be released every Sunday. Yeah, I was stupid enough to take on a second podcast, but hey, as long as I'm entertaining you people. Stupid or ambitious? Almost the same thing. I was saying, what's the difference, really? You know? hmm. and, and on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. And don't let your fedora get caught in the door. Yeah. Have a good week. <laughs>
cool. Uh, I'm gonna read the re we're gonna reread the whole series together. That's awesome. Fuck, you're gonna make me spend so much money. What? You're gonna make me spend so much money on buying these things. I'll buy them for you. I'm serious. I will. Why I will do you throw money at? Me? I don't mind it, but you throw <laughs> money at me, and I appreciate it greatly. But are you grooming me? <laughs> like I just have to ask the question because I'm a married man. No. God damn it. I'm just trying to help out. I like people. Jeez, I like people being happy. The books are going to make you happy. This Why might not? make the final cut. <laughs> oh, my God.